everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. This is episode 179. I am Peter and unfortunately we swapped Matt for Connor this week. So there's no Matt, but Connor's here. Uh, I am back and had a gauntlet of comics to catch up on. It's truly, a, it's truly a nightmare. You know, there's a, there's a lot. You know, if we get to Harleen this week, I, you know, I won't talk obviously much about it now. But I just a lot of that book is about her nightmares and uh, you know <laughs> her worst fears and swapping Matt <laughs> for Connor kind of feels like it fits the it's, theme. It's a delight. Yeah, delight my ass. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the upside, the video people get uh, another cat photo in place of Matt this week, so. Uh, and enjoy yeah, I just had the... to say for five minutes while Pete emailed it to himself. <laughs> the cat photo was on the screen. People can enjoy it. Audio people don't care. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, just, they're just annoyed at you wasting this time. <laughs> just, just know there's a cat on the screen. Uh, so yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and uh, coming up this week is a week five, which is traditionally a quieter week. However, uh, this is actually quite a media week five, and it's a media week five with much like most week fives, a lot of oversized books with extra yep. pages and things and things so coming up this week we have deceased number six we have batman annual number four batman and the outsiders annual number one tales from the dark multiverse dark sorry i was gonna say dark of superman death of superman issue one a basket full of heads issue one joker killer smell issue one and harleen issue two so surprisingly me week yeah. five uh, i uh I noticed you didn't bother with the Wonder Woman annual either. No, of course not. Well, well, it's crazy... I thought there was a slim chance you might have tried it. <laughs> slim chance, sure. Uh, so that slim chance has been and gone. Um, mm. the, the, the real question is, do I try the, the next regular issue, which is Orlando's first issue of the run proper, which or or is it now that this happened, or is this actually the first? Yeah, I for, I, yeah, I forgot he was doing the the, the annual. Like, I guess maybe this is the start of his run. In which case, I can just not bother with the next one. <laughs> but it's, it's it's a whole weird thing. Um, I you know, in fact, just since we're, since we've brought that up, I'll just I'll mention the one bit of news we have now before the small talk because it is relevant. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty three has been pushed back three weeks, and you're thinking, well, that's you know not a huge deal, but you're probably th- you may you may stop and go, wait a minute. This is this is double shipping. What what about issue eighty four, which is meant to be out like two weeks later? Uh, that's still going on sale. Uh, Orlando's tweeted about this. He said it's uh, issue eighty four will be delayed as well. Uh, they just haven't scheduled it yet. Um, he said it's not even a delay with anything in terms of the scheduling. It's just simply that they want. Uh, I think eighty four is the, the 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 new big landmark issue, right? No, uh, is that eighty five? It's called 750. They're not calling it 80 Oh, something. yeah, yeah. Well, whatever it was, if the the next issue that was going to be that, if it was 84, I think it was, or would have been 84 and, and is now 750. Uh, it's just they want that in January, so they're just kind of delaying things a little bit so that that lines up. Actually, honestly, there's an amendment at the bottom of this article kind of explaining this. However, uh, the headline when I clicked on it still said that it was releasing issues out of order, which honestly was the most interest, interesting part of any of this. Yeah, that's strange that they didn't change the headline. Because did did they clarify that properly in the in the article itself? It's at the, it's at the very bottom. There's a editor's note uh, tacked on. To yeah, it. so seven fifty um, was eighty four. For the record, we're doing a bonus episode for in January. Just uh, FYI. 
Even though we're not even reading that issue. We are reading that issue. Well, I wasn't, because it's Orlando. No, it's not. It's a, it's an issue one thousand, like but Detective in Action. Oh, it's, is it? It's, it's, it's got like, it's got all the the variant covers for all the decades. It's got like Greg Ruck has got a story in there. This was all last week. You missed all this good yeah, news. Yeah, I missed all this. I haven't seen any of the news. I've been out of touch. <laughs> They're treating it like Wonder Woman one thousand, basically. So yeah, we're doing we're doing a bonus episode on right, it because okay. it's it's getting that 80, 90 page treatment. Right, I didn't realize. So I mean, there will be an Orlando story you have to suffer through, but like the rest of it, <laughs> suffer through my ass. I'm skipping over it. I hope you can't tell. I hope, I hope it's the, I hope it's not until the the credits page for that story is at the end of it. I'll tell. <laughs> you won't. No, you won't. Um, so yes. Uh, okay. Well, honestly, the only interesting part of the story I thought was the fact that it was going to release issues out of order. This is just boring. All right. Um, yeah, it's just a regular old delay now. Yeah, it's, just, it's meaningless now. I mean, oh, actually, I didn't even tell you what it was getting deleted. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> it's by three weeks. Yeah, eighty three was meant to be the the second issue in November, so that was meant to be week three uh, this this month, and now it's going to be week three on December. So it's going to be the last week before before Christmas. Uh, so yeah, deal. which is I think the last week they're publishing uh, for that month, right? Is uh, no, that sounds that sounds right. I'm just I'm just in my head, yeah, because yeah, I, I was I was just trying to think in my head if it was one after Christmas, but no, there's not there's not enough time. So yeah, no, because the, the only reason I remember that is because the 18th, which is the week three, is when Doomsday Clock is coming out, and if that is pushed by even one week, it it's therefore next year. Um, it's not been looks pushed. Looks like it might it though. Yeah, it's not been pushed. I've been, see, uh, I've been seeing retailers on Twitter say that, you know, usually it's delayed every single time they get a, a newsletter and yeah. it's not been pushed. It's happening. Yeah. I, I, th- I think uh, John's and Frank, out of spite to Connor, who's been bad-mouthing them for, for hey, months. Hey, my prediction was two years, so they've already beat my stupid guess. Yeah, but that, we're, we're past that now. We're, we're, you've got a new thing you've, you've put your flag in. I didn't uh, put my flag in it. I just said if if that were to happen, then it would be in the next year. There's a tone. Your flag is in there. You may not be admitting <laughs> it's in there, but it's there. Gingers don't have flags. What? I'm just, yeah. We don't get flags. It's a metaphorical flag, you prick. Yeah, well, we don't get those either. No one gets anything metaphorical. You just have things that are metaphorical. That's why they're metaphorical. They don't exist. I'm aware. I am aware of what a metaphor is. Hmm. I'm not so sure. Do. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's it's been whatever. I it's been um. Been a bit of quiet week on the news front. Just just the one little delay then, which wasn't even that exciting in the end. Um, just a regular old delay. We, uh, I mean, I mean, Batwoman got its back nine episodes on the CW. That was a thing. Did it? Uh, there was a bunch of episodes, or sorry, a bunch of shows in development. Uh, we talked about this already in the, on television for the multiverse, which is a DC TV podcast. I mean, Cara do talking about the CW shows. But there's a Green Lantern show in development at HBO Max. There's a Strange Adventure show, which is not an Adam Strange show. Although I imagine, uh, although I'm going to call it right now, if that gets picked up at HBO Max, episode one will be an Adam Strange story. That's my that's my prediction. Do they use the guy from Krypton, or do they just go go fresh? Fresh, I guess I would guess. Because mm. because I'm going to imagine it'll be a more traditional Adam Strange from the comics with the certain yeah. stuff. 
So probably that'd be my that'd be my guess. Uh, so that's 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 meant to be an anthology show where each episode will be a different sort of C lister, D lister, or, or whoever. Uh, no offense to Adam Strange fans who might be upset that I just called him a C lister, but you know what, your heart to be true. Like I like Adam Strange, but he is a C lister. That's that's not yeah, yeah. that's not meant sports here. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure who I'd call a, a B-lister now, because there's so many B-listers who I think have become A-listers, but Adam Strange is definitely not in the B-list. Have they become A-listers thanks to other media, though? <sighs> like, thanks to TV shows and movies, kind of ingraining them a bit more into the culture that now they're thought of a bit a bit easier as an A-lister. I don't know, because I, I kind of always considered like Flash an A-lister, but I mean... Sure, but what about like Green Arrow? No, he's a B-lister still. Do you reckon? Yeah, he's a B-lister. <laughs> you just don't like Green Arrow, do you? I like him well enough, but uh, Tom Taylor clearly agrees with me, because Deceased this week made it very clear that Green Arrow is a B-lister, <laughs> even Batman thinks so, and everyone should just accept it. So. And yeah, I like Green yeah. Arrow, but he's a B-lister. Yeah, sure, sure. That's just, that's just the simple fact of the matter. Um... Okay. But yeah, let's just be a, um, well, there's some characters who feel like they should be a listers but aren't. Like I feel like, like Shazam, for example, like he's a B lister. I mean, he feels like he's he's powerful enough that he should be an A lister, but he's just not there, right? You know, he's he's not got the the main share for it. Yeah, I'm not sure it's even about being powerful. It's right. not, but in theory, he should be standing with the the main seven Justice League. You know, he should be with them. Yeah, they tried, didn't they? In New Fifty Two, like they put him up there, and in in theory, he should be. But you know, as well as not not that all the seven are, because I wouldn't say Martian Manhunter is an A lister, but um, no. But he's a and Aquaman, I wouldn't say either. To be fair, I, th- I think in... I think Aquaman probably is these days. Nah, I don't think a movie makes you an A lister anymore. No, no, but even the fact that when Aquaman comes up now. There's, there's not even that stigma of making the jokes anymore. Like even five, ten, you know, five, six, seven years ago, there was. That's kind of gone. It, it, it's taken a bit more seriously now. Right, lots of big, big. No, no, but I think in this case that is part of the profile raising up to an A-lister in his particular circumstance. Now, I still like Aquaman's a B-lister. I, I think your your DC A-listers are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Flashing Green Lantern, and that's maybe yet definite. Like in terms of like who I'm willing to say definitely is, that's where I'm probably going to draw the line. Okay. But I think I think that's kind of it. Um, obviously the the weird case with because I'm not including villains in this, and Harley's kind of this weird weird one now who's kind of in between. So like, do you include Harley? Uh, I I mean, probably you should, but I guess. Yeah, but I'm saying she could be any less villain. But I mean, obviously we're at this murky point there where she's kind of an anti-hero. So. If you just go as, as a character. Well, if we're doing ca- characters in general, then I have to also add in the Joker and Lex Luthor because they're also yeah. clearly a- A-listers. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I feel like the villains have a lot more borderline ones because I feel like I mean I think we think of Brainiac as an A-list villain, but I don't know. Oh, if he's we... not though. Uh, not in the general. Perspective. I think in terms of villains, you got Luthor, Joker, Catwoman. Sure. Harley. That might be it. Like there, there are a lot of others I like more than that. And, and obviously, even like, you know, uh, 
Batman has a lot of villains that are well hold on, no, hold on a second being... now though because you, you're going pure with sort of like regular public main share and i wasn't for the heroes because i, I don't think green lantern's a lister and in, in ties of that sure. public so going with my simple my, my definition we're just really looking at the comics more than anything else i don't think um you can just because i i think you have to include dark side i think you, you do include brainiac mm. and i would maybe include um I mean, Batman's got a lot that could technically be. Alien. I think. I think Batman has a lot of B plus villains. B plus. Yeah. There's a lot of B yeah. plus going on in there. There is. There is. Yeah, Sinestro, I think, would be caliber. Mm, borderline. Uh, I think Sinestro counts. Uh, I don't know if I'd say any of Wonder Woman's villains are quite mid the A level yet, though. Nah, they haven't. Just don't think they have. As much as we might like some of them, hmm. they're just not on the same level as you know, like Lex Luthor or Joker, right? Sure. And, and none of them are. Yeah, but I know. But and and then and the main set of what we're talking about now, though, you're going back to those big, big, big no, names. No, no. I mean, even just in terms of the, you know, we're talking about the comics. In terms of what they kind of represent it for their respective characters and you know, partially that the power of the stories that no I'm, I'm just saying though you're going back to compare it to them we should we should be comparing it to is the ones we've just been saying which is sinestro and and brainiac and i i don't think she's even got any close to those no, those I, no I, I would agree but I'm, yeah. I'm saying that you you made the comparison back to joker and lex i think that's the the incorrect comparison because i don't like they're they're so astronomically big that they like they're known by everyone. Everyone knows who those two are. Like people. Okay, have never... So they're like A plus, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they're A plus. And if we're going with the heroes, the only A plus. Honestly, until recently, I'd have said the only A plus heroes were Batman and Superman. I think Wonder Woman has just scraped in there with the recent movie and yeah. stuff around that. I think before that movie, uh, she would have just been the A. She'd have been A, but not A plus. I agree with that. If we're, if we're using the plus to determine that the average Joe public will. <laughs> know who they are to yeah. a, a reasonable extent that, yeah that's, yeah that's, that's fair it's a fair criteria how you how you judge marvel characters now i don't goddamn know because they've made so many movies that have been successful <laughs> the question isn't then how many people know about them it's how many people care it, well, which i think on the villain side is a lot lower <laughs> oh the, yeah the villains are like astronomically low i mean thanos has kind of gotten there because he's like meme heavy and and i'd give him loki and maybe loki but even like Thanos to me is not that interesting. I think he works well on what he's used for in those movies, but I don't think he's that interesting on his own. No, I'm not necessarily saying that. Either. This may Just be a to... this may be a shocking opinion coming from a DC Comics podcast, but Darkseid is a much more interesting villain. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. All right. I never would have predicted you saying that on the show. <laughs> not not ever. I know. I know. Controversial opinion. I'm, I'm striking hot today. Um, but I know I feel I feel like uh, yeah. But no, I mean, look at the heroes though. Like I, I think because because before before all the movies, right? I think with Marvel, your a your a characters were Spider Man, and then Hulk, and as a whole, the X Men. I think that was your a characters from X of Marvel. Uh, as a whole, I would agree with the X Men with Wolverine still at the forefront of that. Wolverine at the forefront, but. I, before even before the X Men movies, even if we're going that far back, I would say that before the the X Men movies, 
Wolverine, well, probably still the favorite from the cartoons, wasn't the clear winner. Wasn't the pro- the, the prolific one. He's you know because the movies kind of made him like the main one, and that was and that's something the X Men fans don't necessarily like about those movies because it kind of shortchanges everyone else. Yeah. Um. But before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't think you could count Captain America as oh, God, no. an A lister. You definitely couldn't count Iron Man. Um. And I don't think you could count Thor either. I think they've all become a list because of those movies. Um, yeah. But at the same time, as much as people enjoy the Ant Man movies, I don't think Ant Man's an A lister still. Is is not? No. I but, think to be fair, I think the movies are still aware of that. No, they are. But I think that's what's interesting about it is that those movies still kind of like treat certain characters like no, this is the B tier, and we can have some fun movies about the B tier characters. And it's clear that they're still the B tier characters, but that's okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh... But they did elevate their their core, like, you know, trio. Um, yeah, and that's not to say as time goes on, others won't be elevated as things need to be, you know, people need to be replaced as, you know, as the story progresses. Yeah, it feels like they're really trying with Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Um, Hulk yeah, was already like, kind of an A-lister, so he's kind of, you know, swimming yeah, on like, by. Like, uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel, they're, they're not there yet, but they, in a decade's time, might well be in that public consciousness to the point of okay i would consider them a-listers and here's the thing about hulk because people are going to say you said tv shows don't make them a-listers but clearly hulk's an a-lister because of the tv show that is true but here's the what makes this different is that hulk was a tv show a long time ago and it's still regularly referenced and talked about to this day and it was kind of notable because of that and because it was one of the first superhero TV shows. Obviously not I the think... first, but the new shows, all, all these new shows we have now, there's so goddamn many of them. Like, you can't look at any one of those CW shows or any one of those Marvel Netflix shows and tell me they're as iconic or as known about or have the same audience size as that Incredible uh, Hulk show. No, I agree. And and his, you know, just something to put in perspective, it's, it's okay, maybe people our age would be uh, much more aware, but... um. Only two, two or three months ago, you had the, the British Prime Minister um, refer to himself as the Hulk and, you know, use the phrase, yeah, and, you know, and uh, he, he did the, you know, he, the, I think it was the, you, you won't like me when I'm angry sort of thing. I think that's what he quoted. And you could put that on the front page of national newspapers, given that, you know, you know national newspapers have an aging audience as it is in print media, and they get it. That is above a a level already, and you, that's probably not even down to just these movies. Because again, you know that audience hasn't necessarily seen all of those movies. It's it is just uh, culture as a whole because of the older show. Yeah, well, that's what's kind of what we're talking about with this A plus sort of recognition yeah. is that you can reference you, you can reference a Superman and make a joke about a secret identity and Clark Kent, like or Kryptonite, even even something as more specific as that. Yeah, it, but people will get it. And understand the reference. Understand that you're talking about, uh, you know, Superman's secret identity or his weakness or whatever. Um, yeah. You can reference Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and even a layman who doesn't know anything about comic books will understand you're talking about Spider-Man, most yeah. likely. So, like, the, that's just, that's kind of the level. And it, now, admittedly, though, it, it does sort of raise the question: like, can you do that with some of these newer, like, let's take Wonder Woman, who we've said has just become a plus. Do you think you can reference Themyscira on the front cover of a Not tabloid? Not specifically as that, no. No, I don't think you could either. I think you, you can make a Wonder Woman reference in general using the name. Uh, I think they actually did that like a year or two ago. Uh, but you and... could you could on a newspaper right now put it's a bird, it's a plane. Like I, I've seen them do this. They use that, but with like a pun, they'll put in their own version yes, at the end. And, of whatever. and that's well known enough that people can 
get it uh, from all ages and uh, that's why i said with uh we talk about your black panther and captain marvel maybe in a decade or two decades as that kind of permeates into then being you know a slightly older mm. generation uh they might have been con- they might be considered a or maybe even a plus by that point who knows we'll have to wait and see mm. yeah interesting um bye. so it's been a late week on yes which is why we just sat and had a conversation <laughs> about a's and b's and c's yes, and, d's. and and a horrific amount of marvel talk before we even start this dc podcast well i mean did i just sit and talk about wrestling for 20 minutes on my own is that, is that what i do this i week? mean if you want i'll just sit here and drink <laughs> I've got plenty of I don't even. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like they've had like weekly Patreon little bonus bits. I mean, Matt talking about wrestling for like five weeks. I'm like, oh, I guess there's not one this week because Matt's not here. Um, mm. So it's like, fine. I got whiskey. If you want to just go off from one. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. We could. We could go. It's uh, fine. I'm gonna pull the whiskey anyway. Whatever. Uh, so this this week's uh been. I don't know. It was busy. It was the end of October, so the end of uh, all the the October thon episodes of Screams After Midnight were going up, and uh, that that wrapped up on Thursday. Uh, we had two episodes for Thursday because Tim made a stupid wager on one of the countdown episodes, which resulted oh. on a. What did he do? He basically said that if either of if we had like the same movie, the same number, uh, we'd we'd do something. And I said like like well like two two episodes on Halloween. And so when we got to the end, it was actually the number two movie matched. So it was right at the end of the list. And it was like, oh. well, I guess we're doing Leprechaun 3 as well on Halloween. <laughs> I bet Tim loved that. Ah, yeah, so it was another... Tim's got a shtick with those Leprechaun movies where he likes to pretend they're like cinematic art. And he'll, he'll talk about them in that, that way. Um, and not listen to any critique. Classic Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that went out. As did the uh, the Shining review, which was kind of the big main Halloween. Do you guys get into Doctor Sleep anytime soon? Yeah, we should be. We should be. Um. Um. But it's you know it's, it's it was a hectic month doing an episode every single day. Not that we were literally recording every day, but the fact that we had to stack so many episodes up and then I had to edit and publish them every day was yeah. was was a bit of a. a I was say a chore, but it was a bit of a gauntlet. It was um, this constant thing. It was kind of weird on like just yesterday getting up and being like, "Oh, I don't have a streams episode to post today." Mm. That's one less yeah. thing I have to edit today. It was kind of nice. <laughs> but I saw a new Terminator movie, but I'm not going to say a word about it. Uh, you can find the Atomic Cinema Experiment episode with a review of that uh, probably late Sunday. Eh, and nah, that's probably going to be more like Monday. Honestly, because it'll be it'll, it'll be a long episode. It's probably going to be two hours long, so that edit will have to wait until early Monday. So yeah. you can you can check that out then. But uh, thrilling. Well, I mean, you know, we we reviewed the last all, all five Terminator movies, and they were all verging on two hours long. And those last three in particular were hate fueled rants. So if you like me getting up, upset about things, you might want to go and check out those. So. Uh, Although, actually, one, one, one actual interesting point about going to the theatre yesterday is that they renovated my theatre um, and they've put in, like, proper recliners. And now, this theatre opened in, like, 1996, 1997. And it's probably not been touched since. No, it was the same sense. Like, the seats that were there, you know, when I went, like... I mean, it's been, like, a month or so since I went. So, I mean, I've been gone for, like, a little while. So there's been time for them. Because the last time I went, they did have, like, half of it. Because it's in, like, two wings, like, the screens. yeah. And they had half of it closed off, and 
Uh, I don't know if they actually have done the other side yet, or if it, they've done that in the month I wasn't there. Like, you know, they, they went over and, like, finished the whole thing. But they've, like, redone, like, all the, the main foyer hallways. It's all, like, darker carpets now. Instead of, like, a little LED screen with the screen number on it, they've got big metal numbers on the wall saying screen. Because at first I was like, how am I to know what screen I'm going to? I couldn't see, like, the screen numbers. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's, like, giant Huge, numbering on the walls. Yeah. Um... But no, I went, I went in, and they've got proper because it was just these crappy, you know, seats like, and there was like recliners that actually recline with, you know, because I was because I, I sat down, I'm like, they said there were recliners, like, oh, there's actually a button, and I was like, ooh, yeah, they're fancy, and they because my cinema did this about a year ago. If you, I think I remember talking yeah, to you about like it as it was happening. Well, yeah. I think they're they're doing this now because. They're trying to make going to the theatre more of an experience because they've not finished whatever they're doing because there's still a closed off bit in the foyer and there's what looks like is going to be a bar. Like they've not, yeah, put, mine... they've, not they've not put anything in it yet, but there's just like the tiling and like yeah, mine some opened pipes a bar out. and also it cooks pizzas and hot dogs. Like uh, uh, and the pizzas were surprisingly good actually. Yeah, there's a little area that used to be a little arcade and they've got that all closed off, so they may be putting like a restaurant area in there. Uh, Smart. I I mean I, I get why they're doing this it's it's a smart investment uh, if if you make it a better experience people are more willing to understand why okay i'm paying this amount um one of my other cinemas that i go to uh, uh hasn't you know renovated or anything like that um i mean it added a, an imax screen maybe three three four years ago which was obviously kind of mm. new um but it dropped the price dramatically like by maybe half or maybe a bit more than what it used to be per ticket and uh, it made it significantly more appealing, and I think their business vastly increased because of that. I'd imagine so. So, like, we're not going to renovate, so we're just going to drop the price. So we're the cheap option. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's because it's it's not the one inside the city. It's the same chain. Uh, there's one in the city center which is fine. You know, it's serviceable, it's accessible, it's it's where a lot of the students are, so it makes mm. a ton of money. And this is the same chain, and it's about ten minutes drive outside the city center. Um, if that, and it's much nicer. All the screens are better. It's got you know better sound system. Everything about it is better. But the, um, this is the one that dropped the price um, because because they were outside the city, and you know people who are in the city are going to pay for it just for the convenience sake. Mm. What's funny though is that some of the screens, and I guess they're stopping this, but some of the screens at my theater had like the like these better seats in the back you had to pay extra for i imagine oh, that's yeah. just gone now because these recliners are better than those <laughs> uh yeah i think um in my cinema uh what they did with that um is they they had the fanciest seats uh in the middle but not that they were never at the back they're in the middle mm. um and the two reasons to pick for them are one it's the best place to sit just in terms of okay this is the ideal distance and it's where you know you're in the middle for the speakers and such uh so if you care about that that's why people pay extra and two you get even more leg room um and such and just you got more space around you if you want that that's irrelevant though for me because like they all all the, all the rows have leg room now like i can because i mean i'm almost surprised i'm not putting up the prices just because like there's less seats in there now there has to be because like the seats that were there before were smaller there was like a lot more rows because there was hardly any i guess room. uh i guess their logic is they weren't filling it up before anyway on a consistent basis so yeah true 
better to have less seats and have more people in them. Yeah, I was in one of the smaller screens, so there was less seats anyway, but it was definitely like, at least, there had to be at least like three or four less rows to accommodate all this extra leg room. Because mm. basically there has to be all this room for the recliner to like, you know, go forward and back when it's, yeah. you know, extended out. Do you so. have the, the tables built in for the food? No tables. Big cup holders, but no tables. Oh uh, yeah, mine, mine has little tables that swing around so you can pop your pizza on and, and whatever else you've got. Um... Maybe, maybe some of the bigger screens will have that, but the, the smaller one I was in didn't. Um, no, mine, the seats are all uniform across all the screens. Um, but, yeah, I was a very surprise. I went in and I was like, oh, this is this is very fancy. Um, and I've never known any better. So it was like, oh, this is... So I actually got worried that I was going to fall asleep during the film because I got so comfy. It was... Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, concerning. Um but they still smelt new as well. That was the other thing. It's clearly something that they've just finished like in the last couple of weeks because they have that new chair smell. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I did in terms of cinema recently, this week? Mm-hmm. So I've not done in a long, long time. I booked a ticket in advance. I, uh, I, yeah, I know. I, I booked uh, Star Wars tickets uh, for opening night. And usually I don't even bother booking for, for the opening night showings because it's just not really any need here. You can get a seat fine. Um, but I actually booked for the the IMAX triple bill that they're doing. Mm. Um, and I thought, yeah, I might want to book for that one. Um, so I got myself some nice seats in that. Uh, so it was weird booking a, a seat this far ahead. I, can't, I honestly don't know the last time I booked a seat in the cinema uh, at all ahead of time, let alone this early. All right. Well, that'll take us on to books then. And we'll start the week off with Deceased Issue 6, Tom Taylor writing with Trevor Hearsight and Neil Edwards on the art. So obviously the, the, all these books released the day before Halloween. So there's a bit of a horror theme on <laughs> some of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, by the time we get the podcast out, it's already a couple of days out in November. So yeah. just this one in particular, because obviously they shipped two issues in October just, yes. to, just to fit this uh, on theme. Yes. I'll tilt my camera down a little bit. Yeah, look at you, getting professional. Well, you know, I want to lean back and get comfortable for for yeah, this. In for the long haul now. Yes, uh, so deceased issue six. So uh, end of issue five, Superman, of course, became infected. That kind of set up the main threat. Uh, this issue largely revolves around them taking the two arcs that they've got to evacuate the planet. Uh, and they've got one arc at Themyscira, and one arc leaving from Gotham, where Ivy's got her, her jungle sanctuary that she's kind of created. Yeah. And uh, the, the issue is larger, but trying to hold off Superman long enough to like get people to safety, and hopefully you know save as many as they can. But the arcs can only hold so many, and part of the narration's even like, hey, we, we knew we were leaving people to die. We could only take so many million out of whoever like, was there. I think it was like a maximum of seven million each. Yeah, I think it was three per ship. Um, and yeah, it starts off with this thing where it's people look up at the sky and they see Superman and they're all hopeful, but then they start to look terrified and then Superman just starts flying through buildings and taking things out. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty destructive because it's what happens when Superman loses control like this. Green Arrow is a little bit pissed because... But Damien's got like you know the the thumb drive with all of Batman's plans to take down all the major villains, all the major heroes rather, should they ever need to be taken down. And Green Arrow's pissed that there's no no plan in place for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, Black Canary's like, you're hurt. Batman didn't have a post mortem Machiavellian plan to end you. Well, yeah, 
I could be a planetary threat if I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> it's the of course you could, dear. That cracked yes. me up. He's all he's this, all this comic. I I forgot just despite all the horror and you know the the the, the humanity of it. It was just how funny it is. Hmm. Wonder Woman makes a Kryptonian sword. Uh, uh, it's also magical. Crypt- kryptonite sword. Crypt- sorry, Kryptonite. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah. And she's got that ready. Uh, everyone. Ivy doesn't want to leave the planet because she doesn't want to leave the green. And Harley that stays with her. So um, we have Wonder Woman going down in the fight, as along with Cyborg, actually. Uh, Wonder- Zombie Wonder Woman actually ends up ripping Cyborg's head off. Uh, yeah, which is just wonderful. Uh, zombie Ackerman shows up with a Kraken uh, to attack Themyscira, and all all oh, the Amazonians. Holy crap! When that shows up, the art is fantastic. I know, I know, you've not always uh, loved the art in, in in this comic, but that page, come on, is that even her saying? Because we got a second artist. I don't, on I don't this. think that is her son's page. To be honest with you, yeah. But, no, um, well, no wonder why it's you, better than two artists the whole time, isn't it? No, it's been her sign. Hasn't been just hair sign for for all the issues. I'm sure of that. For the most part, it's just been hair sign. Like not not the one shot that came in between, but yeah, I remember um, at least in at least one of the other issues, there's been other artists as well. I'm certain of that. Are you? I I am. I'm 100 percent certain that there has been at least another artist with hair sign on at least one other issue. I remember it being the same mediocre heart the whole way through, but I mean you can. Uh, yeah. All right. Remember what you wish. Uh, but yeah, Kraken. Uh, Green Arrow's like, F you, Batman, because he puts an arrow through Aquaman's eye. But I'm like, that still doesn't prove that you're a planetary threat, Oliver. Just simmer down, all right? Um, just let him have his moment. <laughs> well, the reason why Batman's got things in place for everyone else is because of Kryptonians or Speedsters or Green Lanterns. <laughs> Oliver's just a human. Yeah, but so's Bruce. And? And there was probably a plan to stop him. You know, he he he'd have had a backup for himself. Uh, sure, I guess maybe. Like, why would he have his own plan for himself though? Then he would know what the plan is. is. Well, he he would have entrusted someone to have a plan. Sure, but that's not him having a plan for himself. Well, well no, he's not going to plan for himself. But he he would know. Okay, I've made sure someone has a plan for me. He 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 would have been smart like that. Yeah, but we're compl- comparing Batman to Green Arrow here. Come on. Don't, don't, don't. Hey, the CW did it for like seven years. Only because they didn't have the rights to use Batman. <laughs> they had to pretend exactly. that they had their Batman. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Cass is fighting with the Amazons. The Amazons basically sacrifice themselves so that the, the arts can get away. Uh, Dinah's fighting Superman. Wonder Woman stabs him. Um, but... You know, the idea that Superman's been holding back all these years, he, he never unleashes his full strength. Uh, he just punches Diana, like, square in the stomach, and it just, she just plummets to, to the ground, and that's her. She's she's, she's yeah. gone. And Cyber's like, I'm going to stay with her and until... And so the big the big dramatic thing here, though, is that, you know, the, the, the arcs are in space, and Superman's coming after them, and there's this great thing, because obviously we know Lois is narrating the story now, and she's talking about John, and John basically realizes that he's the only one who can really feasibly hold him off. Like everyone else will be beat, but yeah. he can take him on. Uh, so he says, you know, goodbye, to, you know, Damien, as if he might not come back. And he's like, nope, it's time to go be Superboy. Um, so 
you know, we have this dark moment. But uh, luckily, the entire Green Lantern Corps, who have not been on Earth, uh, obviously show up. So one of the, the saddest parts of this whole story is that Guy Gardner actually somehow survives. It is not one the of guy the guy Gardner, the hero we all deserve. He's not the one. He's not one of the ones that are deceased, unfortunately. Uh, that's a crying shame. They're 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 going to quarantine Earth. I'm, I'm pretty sure Tom Taylor loves Guy Gardner, and, and that that makes everything better. Well, no one's perfect. So, the, the <laughs> Superman is out of the sun because he's going to try and because uh, because basically Superman realizes that he can't win the fight against the entire core, so he. He flies in. Drains the sun. He drains the sun. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So when we come back to Cyborg and Wonder Woman, Cyborg's got the lasso wrapped around Wonder Woman, so he can talk to the anti-life uh, equation. And it's like, no, we can't be stopped. We're death. Um, but she does say, I say she because it's not really Wonder Woman, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, it, yeah. it does say there's a there was a cure technically. And he's like, what is it? Was it? He's like, what you you're telling me that like we could have saved everyone, like people who we killed could have been brought back. Yeah. And she's like, the cure is in you, you know, because it came from him. There's something with him that could have saved everything. Um, and he's like, oh, the arcs. I have to get to them. I have to like try and you know fix this. And then zombie Wonder Woman just comes up, and it's almost like it's almost calling back to the Maxwell Lord neck snap, but she actually just rips his head clean off. And we just see the head flying. Uh, yeah, it, it does that nice falls, little falls down the pit. It well it does that nice effect though, where it, it goes out of the panel. Uh, yeah. So it, it has almost a three D effect of the of the, the head coming at you. Uh, you know, simple stuff, but it really works. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, and then it's just you know the the rest of the survivors on the arcs, you know, just on the way to the new world, they, uh, Earth Earth Two Earth specifically, two. which feels prime for a sequel, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It feels prime for something on Earth 2 with these characters. Yeah, not a zombie story. I feel like it would have to be something just completely no, different. No, it would be something completely different, but just kind of taking the situation from here, This, you know, these are the all the heroes left, and, you know, new new planet, let's go with a completely different style of story. Mm. Yeah. You have to yeah. somehow get a... Uh... DC into the title again, no, like deceased. Yeah, that's uh, that's challenging. These because it just be something with the initials DC that could work. Uh, it could do. Yeah, it's really challenging to think of words that that would work with that for the you know to start with DC. DC. I don't know. I don't know. No, there's a reason we're not, why we're not going to get it. Well, Tom, Tom Taylor's the one who's been paid to do it, so he can he can think up with the name. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the final issue is pretty brutal again. Um, I did love. I think my favorite moment was the idea that John realizes he's the one who has to go and fight him because he's the only one who can feasibly survive and win. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. So. No, it's kind of neat how it used characters from modern DC, but also had a lot of stuff from the past. It it, it felt very um, all encompassing in that that sense. So, now I feel like she was as strong as the the rest. Um, very quick and easy read. Like I say, art's not great, but yeah, I like the art a lot more than you do. But I have done the whole time. Yes. Um. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I I don't I don't have a whole lot to. It's a, a pretty. On. 
not by the numbers conclusion, but it does kind of what you expect with, you know, there's no major twists or turns, but that is what I mean by that. It's not completely unpredictable, but it still has, you know, more deaths that the series has kind of made its signature. Uh, you know, the heart-wrenching moments. Uh, it's got, you know, it's got the, the, the comedy beats still in there. Uh, it's been more of what you expect from the book, but with a conclusion. Well, we have, we have uh, we do have to mention that we had that conversation about who's an A, you know, A character and a B character, and it is worth mentioning every single A character is dead. Like no A characters made it out of this. Uh, you know, right up to the end, Wonder Woman went down, yeah. and you know she was the last one standing. We already lost Superman, we already lost Batman. It is, and it very much feels like a next generation kind of at the end where you've got John and Damien there right at the, at the forefront. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of feels like okay, there is a next generation of A-listers there. And Green Arrow's just like you know, what's well, a secretly really good because now I'm an A-lister. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely thinking that. Just by default. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you take out the A-list? Well, the B-list becomes the A-list, so therefore, <laughs> therefore I'm in charge. Uh, it, it's all coming up, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. Somehow Oliver survived. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like I feel like Tom Taylor's a Green Arrow fan, and that's why. Like he just he made sure all of us survived because he's always getting kind of dumped on a little. Giving bit. him that moment, like shooting Aquaman and being like "f you, Batman," he's definitely a fan. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what are you rating the book? Uh, I'm gonna give it a, a nine for a, just been a, a fantastic conclusion. Yeah, even if it didn't, you know, shock with anything. Oh, if we go that high, I'll give it an eight. Uh, mainly, if the art was better, um, I think the emotional beats hit, hit very well. Both cyborgs there, John standing up to, to his father, or his zombie father. Uh, all that stuff worked for me. Yeah. But, yeah. I, actually, I think I actually like the art more in this issue than any other uh, that are from the book. I think it's been the, the best, this was the best it's been. So, yeah. Bar, wasn't, with it. bar wasn't high, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to Batman Annual number four. Uh, hang on a sec. Did, uh, did Matt not leave you any thoughts? Oh, he did. You're right. He emailed me. Very right. Almost just completely ignored everything he'd said to me. Uh, <laughs> All that effort he put in, wasted. Yeah, I haven't looked at it yet because he, he marked it S for spoilers. Uh, or sorry, he, oh, he said, Comic Stuff Rated S for Spoilers was the title of the email. Very considerate of him. Yes. Um, and he did rate the ones that he didn't rank as well, which is nice. So, where is Deceased? Uh, he gave Deceased an 8 out of 10. Um he so it matches me this story wrecked me not sure about the ending and if taylor uh sound a sound bite oh he wants a sound bite tom taylor you're welcome matt uh, to be fair, only appropriate because it's like the last time we're going to get to use that until suicide squad starts isn't that like next month <laughs> I, I don't know it might be <laughs> uh, at, at the latest it's january but i think it's december so it's like next month um yeah so Yes, uh, uh, is leaving it open for more stories in this world. Felt proper horrifying, and I'm still glad I didn't read it digitally. There you go. Those Matt's thoughts on on the thing. So deceased, <laughs> on deceased. Yes. Uh, so we will move on to Batman Annual number four. Uh, Tom King writing with Jorge Fornes and uh, Mike Norton on the art, or Meek Norton, as I have typed in my. Uh, my my document. Maybe there. it is Meek. You you don't know. I'm fairly certain it's Meek. So. Yeah, probably is. 
So I think we're fine. Uh, so interesting. I think Batman is the only book with a fourth annual. You know, since obviously since they started the numbering with Rebirth, uh, it just shows you that Batman sells so well that they have an annual every year. Every other book doesn't quite get that. Some of them have gotten yeah, ten issues. I was three. just checking. I was like Wonder Woman because that that's on three, but I thought maybe that had been fourth, but nope. No, no. Um, so uh, annual issue four, and this is uh, all told from Alfred's perspective. It's meant to be Alfred's diary. Uh, just yeah. talking about uh, Batman doing stuff, basically. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost an anthology-style story where uh, you, you get maybe you know four or five pages, at least at the start of the book, talking about a specific event of Batman doing something, and then the book kind of naturally, they get kind of quicker and quicker to the point where they're only maybe two or three pages, and then by the end, they're getting half pages, and then the final couple pages are literally just a panel each, uh, without even yeah, any... Yeah, every single one of these stories is a day and it's a day sequentially as well so we start on sunday march 7th and then the next day is you know monday march 8th yes um by the end it's you know going through like an entire week in a page yeah so um yeah the first one is batman chasing down some bank robbers on a horse <laughs> on the rooftops he, I, I i guess king likes horses more than snyder does uh very possibly um you know it is what it is uh the art's pretty good, actually. I think Fornes. Uh, yeah, I really love Fornes. Uh, Solid. Uh, it's it's so got a little uh, disappointing. That I think we were supposed to have Lee Weeks on this issue originally. We were, yes. So that's a little bit disappointing. But, I mean, yeah, could be worse. So, and then there's a story of him fighting a dragon in Gotham. Uh, yep. Looks good. Interesting full-page spread, if nothing else. Um, I will say, I, th I thought this issue had a really good tone to it. Um, I, I will say overall I'm a little kind of lukewarm on it and I think it's because some of the stories I got really excited by the first couple pages and then they just ended suddenly as if there was no actual story to tell uh, the one I'm thinking of specifically um, I know Matt loved the MMA one where Batman takes a charity fight with uh, a UFC with fighter uh, to who you know because he, he kept refusing because this, this fighter wanted to fight batman because he's like oh i can beat everyone else i need to fight batman and batman obviously doesn't give a shit until it comes out that this guy's beating up his wife and yeah. batman's like well he, he he snuck out a justice from that so you know what i will fight him in the ring <laughs> and i'll beat the shit out of him as justice so i, I don't matter like that one but um the one that i got excited about because i, I was really into the story of it is the murder mystery where like, this guy was killed in his house and there were six suspects. We have this page going through, like, oh, so it's almost like Cluedo or Clue for the for the American audience, uh, where it's like, okay, the daughter was here and this is her backstory and here's this old friend, here's his backstory, here's the it's, maid. It's a proper Agatha Christie yeah. story. Um, here's the son, here's, you know, here's this uh, lawyer, blah, 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 here's the, here's the wife. And I was like, oh, I'm really into this, I'm really into this mystery. And then the next page, you know, there's a couple of pages of Batman staring at the screen and then we just get told the answer. There was no, like... It's it's frustrating because it's literally you know um, a page to introduce the case, a page of here are all the suspects, a page of Batman staring there going someone was lying, someone, yeah, someone. Up until that point, page. and up until that point, I was really into it. I'm like, okay, so how's he going to investigate it? What how's it? What's he going to do? And it just tells us the answer on the next page as the guy's been arrested. And I'm like, what? And, and that's the whole story. Yeah, it's frustrating because again, I agree. Like, I like a lot of the individual stories. Um, they're all pretty well told, uh, as truncated as they are. Uh, tone's great, art's great. But it's hard to care about the issue overall when it's just all just there. I, I think, I feel like it's supposed to be kind of the point. Like, every day Batman does one of these things, and it's just, it, it kind of gets mundane almost, because it's every single day. 
I'm okay with that point because you know because when you get to the end of the book and it's like the story's called every day. You know, this is the the idea yeah. is that you know, every day he's doing something, and I just think some of them like had potential to be better stories because if they had more time, like that murder mystery one, I thought could have been a really fun little thing. And I don't even mean like t- like I'm talking like two or three more pages just to actually have him investigate the murder <laughs> in some way. Yeah, I could have done with more of that one. I could have done with more of the dragon. Uh, there's one where he runs into like his uh, prom date and you know they kind of reminisce about old times and uh, we, we kind of like know from Alfred's like diary that you know this did actually affect Bruce like you know on, you know he, he did kind of fall in love back as a teenager but yeah. when he when he left and came back you know Bruce Wayne never really came back because when he came back obviously he was Batman yeah really uh, great colors uh, throughout but especially in that sequence because um, it uh, flicks between present day and the uh, the, the flashback. And the colors you know, completely change for each one, and it's very always very clear immediately which is which. Uh, that's kind of great. Then there's one where Batman sneaks onto a train. There's some sort of like deal going down with an explosive, and Batman like d- you know pretends to be the one guy in the deal, and it's really just about him sneaking on the train and like taking the guy's hat, and like like it ends with him meeting the the, the buyer or whoever or the, the seller of this this device, um, yeah. and that's all it really is. Um, and again. The, the the way it's told the art the 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 sequential storytelling of him like you know he's got this fake mustache on he's he's not quite matches Malone I mean that's that's what makes you think of when you think of Batman disguised with a mustache but it's not quite that but he, you know it, it plays this story visually because this is the thing Alfred is sometimes telling you what the story is but sometimes he's kind of like giving his thoughts on Bruce Rall instead and the story is just the art so whenever that happens the art does carry the story pretty well like it does. Uh... Well, there's there's one point in that where I didn't like the narration in terms of, you know, um, I think it was in the very first one, actually, where he was talking about, you know, taking the young Bruce to the horses. Mm. And it had that problem. We, we talk about that like, whenever we watch Gotham of how young Bruce is so kind of terrifyingly determined, even at that age, is, is, is kind of weird about it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, I got that from that, uh, that little uh, sequence. It's not as bad as him standing on the roof saying, I'm trying to conquer my fear, Alfred. No, I'm it's to not conquer that. My I fear. think it was Bruce going like, you know, there are no ideals. You know, all, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure Bruce is like 10 or 11 at this point when this story is you know, being told by Alfred. And like, you know, I, I just don't buy it. Oh, I will say the trippy one didn't do much for me. There was one where he's like in like another dimension and it's like just all these colors yeah. and like wavy lines and shit. Um, I mean, I did kind of laugh at the end where, you know, there's this interdimensional being, this big eyes sort of saying, oh, I will do this, I'll do that, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> you know, I am power glory. I am, you know, whatever. And Batman's like, yeah, you're all these things, but I'm Batman. And that just wins the fight. I imagine Matt probably, I wonder if Matt mentioned this and he's, no, it's all. all, all, all <laughs> that is end. ultimate because Batman, isn't it? But he basically says, yeah, but I'm Batman, so I'm going to win. And the, the, the being's like, you know what, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll just send you back. <laughs> but I wasn't into most of it just because it, it, it felt like a, a mess of color, and I, I get that that's the point. But it's one of these things where I, I think um, I don't know if the art style from I, I think Fornes is very good, and I don't know if this that's me. I've been making up Norton even. No, but, that's Fornes. I can tell you the Norton pages. We'll get there in a minute. Okay, sure. Uh, but I like Fornes a lot. But I I think you need a very sp- specific art style to pull off these weird like sort of uh, psychedelic uh, things. I'll tell you who who might. Always the 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 gold bar of artists for this. Fraser Irving. Fraser Irving. Fraser Irving's up there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mike Allred. 
gold bar for these things. Okay. I'll make, I'll make all, all red is kind of more along what this looks like, though. I mean, it's not. This doesn't look exactly like all red. It is, but, but he he has these really this really clean style, and the colors pop, and it feels uh, it feels really tight when when he does yeah, these but I, I don't I don't I don't want it to be clean. Like this, this should be ethereal. This should be. I get that. I think Faunus kind of falls in this middle ground where his his noir stuff is gorgeous. It's phenomenal. Yes. Uh, this stuff, it kind of just looks a bit. I want to say messy because it's not quite the right word, but it's just not there, is it? And then I think after this, right, the single pages. Yeah, he's fighting. He's fighting mummies, I think, and then he's fighting kaiju. Oh, this is not like they the monster man. This actually looks like the kaiju from Pacific Rim. This is legitimately what it looked like. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's uh, going to a submarine, and because at that point we're on like three a page, and he's like, "It's uh, it's this next page after after the kaiju, that's when we're on Norton." I can tell immediately everything is. They've done a good job of trying to emulate the same style, but it's so clean. Like, look at the blacks and the the lines. Everything's sure. so much tighter and neater immediately, and it kind of completely pulled me out. Um, it then to me, I think that I think it's it's close enough, and I think I still looks good, which is important. It does. It looks good, but it just wasn't quite the same. Uh, but Batman, he's he's, he's he's diving down into an aircraft. He's he's chasing a race car driver. He's interrogating someone for the police. He's then it's four page. So again, it's like we go from three to four. So they're getting quicker and quicker. Uh, he's fighting Calabac. He's he's got his skis out because. So this is something I want to talk about, actually. The Frozen Man. Is this our ninth cold-based villain? I know. I got really excited when I saw that. Honestly, my, my favourite thing from this issue, because it was like, oh, we've got another cold villain. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mr. Freeze, I'm counting them. Mr. Freeze, Captain Cold, uh, Cold Snap, Icicle, Icicle Jr., Minister Blizzard. Killer Frost. Killer Frost, there you go. Uh, the Frozen Man, that's eight. Am I missing one? You probably are. Hmm. <laughs> that's a lot. That's that is a lot. lot. That that's our that's our like H tier cold villain now. <laughs> <laughs> the new cold snap. I don't know. Oh. I feel like cold snap should be higher than Minister Blizzard, but Minister Blizzard just has a better name, so. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So you just kind of graduate up, and then Batman's in space fixing a space satellite or something. Uh, a space satellite is usually where they are. Yeah, and then I was going to say space station, but then I looked at him and now it's more a satellite. Um, and then there's dinosaurs in Gotham, and then it's five in a page, and he's just he's he's hacking. And then he's performing surgery, and then he's finding a little boy. Then he's fighting an alligator in a house. I have to imagine that Tom Taylor went to see Crawl uh, before he wrote this issue. And that's why there's an alligator panel in there. Um, Did you just say Tom Taylor? Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny because there is a running thing of them being mixed up. I don't know if you've seen this. I have, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, e even previews uh, on Diamond mixes them up sometimes. Uh, that was just a, a slip, slip of the tongue. Then uh, he's on a biplane, and then we got six in a panel. Do you know what? Actually, as I'm going through these and I'm saying out how many panels, I, I realized they were getting quicker and quicker. I don't think I noticed when I was reading it the first time that it's literally one extra panel per page as we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then we're on six, and he's in chains, he's getting out, he's hugging Tim, he's doing chemistry, he's rescuing a man on a ledge, he's. What's this, what's this one? He's in he's the jungle. Doing yeah, he's in the jungle. He's helping an old lady across the street. <laughs> And then, again, sure enough, it's seven panels in the next one. He's fighting an imposter. And it's worth mentioning that the seventh panel one is the first one, I think, without any... 
narration from Alfred whatsoever. It's just the dates. It's just the, the diary entry dates. Yeah. Um, he's fighting an imposter. He's playing football for some reason. He's hiding from a helicopter. He's jousting. He's seeing an attractive lady. I don't know what that, what's going on in that one, to be honest. He's just, he's with another woman. Uh, he's, he's bloody in and beaten. He's uh, on a gun Megazord. Or a Megazord, yeah. He's on a giant... Uh, Something. Take your pick. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, then sure enough, eight panels on the next page. He's dangling on a, a tight wire above fire. Then he's on a ship with a big steering wheel. Then he's, he's doing... He's got an eye patch on on that one, which I kind of appreciated. He's uh, doing... I already said chemistry. I'll say uh, forensics. He's doing forensics. <laughs> then he's doing ninja fighting. And then he's in zebra world. <laughs> and, then he's, yeah. and then he's saving dogs and rivers or flooding. And then he's, he's definitely saw a crawl recently because look at that flooding. That's true. Yeah. For hell, that, that, that moment's even a crawl, actually, carrying the yeah. dog out in the war. And then he's staking a vampire. And then he's, he's being arrowed to, to a wall. Arrowed um, to a wall. Yes. <laughs> Oh. And then nine panels in the last page, although three of them are just uh, credits and you know titles. But um, he's 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 d- grabbing kids out of traffic. He's on a submarine, and then he's is that a submarine. I thought that was a spaceship. There's planets behind him, surely. Oh, yeah, a little bubbles to me. At a glance. Yeah, okay, I don't see that. Yeah, I mean the planets don't necessarily bubbles, but the the stars look like bubbles. They do. They do. Uh, He's he's in an alleyway, uh, facing off against someone. Uh, maybe that maybe a Robocop actually that that panel just because I've seen Robocop where he saves like a woman who's been attacked in an alleyway in the shadow of the wall behind him. Just made me think of that. Uh, he's holding Catwoman off a roof. He's dangling above Piranha with in a chain trap, and then yeah. the final uh, panel. Uh, he's punching Joker. He's punching Joker. Yes. Um. So there you go. Yeah. It's a fine issue. The art looks really good. Um, I think it could have probably done with a few less uh, it, stories. I think it just, it just ultimately doesn't feel like it has any connect. I know that's the kind of the point is it's all oh, every day is different, but it doesn't have any connecting through line. It it tries to in Alfred's journal, like that Alfred caring about him is supposed to be, but it's just not quite there, is it? To make me care as, as, a, as a cohesive whole story. Um, I don't... I don't. I don't feel as strongly about that. I, I. I think it works as a slice of life kind of thing. I think if there was less stories, like if there'd been four or five, I'd be okay with it being okay. We're doing a few little anthology things because it was okay. We're getting quicker and quicker as we go, and it's all these individual snapshots to the point where the last, you know, ten pages are just single panel stories. Uh, it felt like I was just flicking through it, seeing okay, that's this day, that's that day. There was no narrative anymore what's weird about that though is i actually think that's where the issue kind of weirdly picked up because i started to really get the point of what it was doing i know i got the point i just it didn't it lost its impact as well at the same time for me because in the first half of it when it was like when it got to like the third story i was like well, what's the connection between these these feel, these feel so random but when it got to that last chunk where it was speeding up i got the sort of narrative structure of it and it was kind of making more sense to me um mm. and that was kind of the point is that you know Batman's doing something different every day. There's no rest for the goddamn Batman, and this is this is Alfred kind of sort of observing it. Um, is that obviously it's not King's best Batman annual by any means, but I uh, I think I liked it more than you did. Even though I do have some complaints, that I think a couple of the stories uh, deserved more time because that murder yeah. mystery one really got me into it. And then it just was like, here's the answer. Okay. 
Yeah, I do. Want to say, I don't hate it. I just by the end, I was like, okay, I get it. Um, I just didn't. I didn't care by the end, uh, which was a shame. Mm. What are you giving it though? I give it a seven because I enjoyed enough of the stories and the art. Mm. Uh, I I will give it an eight. Um, and fair enough, Matt also gave it an eight. Uh, he said, really enjoyed this issue. First time I've loved the Batman story. But in general, I, I assumed he met in a long time, but now I've just read the sentence. It says, first time I've loved the Batman story. That has to, it has to be in a, lo- yeah. in a long time, right? I was going to say, because uh, I gave it a seven. That's probably the highest I've rated Batman in half a year, if not longer. But his sentence just reads, first time I've loved the Batman story. I have to imagine that he meant to say it in a long time. I assume so. Because he's definitely loved all the Batman stories, as much as he likes to joke that he doesn't like Batman that much. Yeah, uh, he, he has. Alfred's narrative brings a lot of perspective to the Bruce we've seen in King's Run. The MMA story and the girl and the bar story uh, really resonated with me. So he didn't mention... What was the one that I thought he was going to mention? Goddamn Batman. Ah, yeah, he didn't mention that one. I bet that was his least favorite, though. I'm going to guarantee. I'm going to. We'll ask him next week. I bet you that was his least favorite favorite story yeah. of the book. Almost certainly. I'm only. I think even it. even if it hadn't ended with that, I think that is so just not Matt's style. Uh, when it got to that story, that it, that he would probably didn't enjoy it anyway. Mm. Well, all things out. The other annual we we looked at then, which is Batman: The Outsiders issue one or annual issue yeah, one. Uh, you looked at. Not I true. didn't because. I I had to read all my comics from the last two weeks, so I read twenty comics over the last two days, uh, and by the time I got and it's, a lot of them were oversized. Uh, by the time I got to this at the end, I just I just didn't want to read anymore. <laughs> I just couldn't couldn't do it. Fair enough. All right. Well, I read Batman though, so does Daniel. Um, and it's a story that focuses on a katana. Uh, with Black Lightning kind of uh, being there as the, the co-pilot. And it's all about the spirit in her sword and kind of having to finally face the evil spirit in there that her ancestor originally defeated. Um, her ancestor, Mia. Who's, uh, who's on out for this one? Because I assume it's not uh, Soy. Uh, no, it's uh, Max Rayner who's on this. Okay. Um, and they are pretty solid, actually. I mean, I, I like Soy more, but like this, I mean, as far as like, a substitute goes for the annual... This is definitely... It feels fitting with the overall style of that book. Um, even though I can tell it's a little bit different. Because uh, so often we'll get an annual and the, like we'll, we'll get like... I don't know. I'm having flashbacks of that Aquaman annual. Not the one we had last week, but the one that was like, you know, last year. Oh, uh, yes, I remember. Uh, where we just get some artist just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so so we hear, we hear that you know, she's telling uh, uh, Jefferson this story. Um, at the at the start, uh, about uh, Sutomo, who was this the like, evil like monster samurai spirit villain thingamajig that her ancestor defeated, and he's inside the sword, but so is her dead husband, <laughs> who is kind of in there as well. Uh, and at one point we even we actually go in the sword uh, multiple times, but even before because the story is basically that they're in uh, oh, I say Tokyo, uh, they're in Tokyo. And they're going to see someone that Katana knows for information on how to how to deal with this because she can hear the sword calling out to her more more recently, and she goes to see someone who who identifies as her sister. They're not really related though; they kind of just grew up together. And uh, you know, 
Black Lightning's just kind of like taking this in, doesn't really care about magic, it's not really his thing, he's a very logical guy, uh, but he's there to help and do what he can. And basically, the ultimate thing she finds out is, is that no, she has to kind of go in and deal with this, and she can only do that by dying, essentially. So she basically says to Black Lightning after get out of this meeting, uh, okay, promise me you'll uh, protect my body. And he's like, okay, sure. And she pull, she pulls out the, the sword and basically commits seppuku right there and then. And sort of her spirit goes into the sword so she can go in and like face these uh these demons, as it were. Uh, and all of these like weird, like masked kind of spirit people show up to like try and like kill her. The idea being that if they can kill her body while she's in there, uh, like she can't come back. So Je- that's what Jefferson's dealing with, uh, which actually is probably some of my favorite stuff in the art. Is uh, there's some great panels because he's on a rooftop when this is all happening. So there's some great like wide panels of like lightning striking the the, the roof of this building and uh, all that stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, and, you know, Katana goes in. Uh, she does have a sort of like reunion with her husband at one point. Uh, she's she's with her ancestor as well, and they take on the uh the big bad, and yeah, I will say the pacing of the issue is a little bit uh, sort of skewed to one side because it starts off quite wordy because it's all the backstory, it's the meeting with the you know the the the, the friend sister sort of person. Uh, friend doesn't feel quite right because it feels like they have like a a great relationship. They're kind of you know. Mm. antagonistic uh in the way they talk it's like they're not necessarily thrilled to see each other but uh the second half though once it gets to the actual conflict it does become a lot more uh dialogue light and a lot more uh good art fighting panels and sequential stuff and and whatnot um and that's good and there's a nice contrast because the stuff inside the sword is on a sort of red tinged beach you know everything's sort of tinted red um why is it red doesn't matter since it's not the real world it can do whatever it wants uh but because black lightning's fighting on a rooftop in night in tokyo and he's using his powers everything is you know blue and you know all that kind of stuff so there's a nice contrast between the the, the parts of the fight um um but yeah uh, katana decapitates the uh the the villain um the the spirit and in the sword or in the real world and and in the sword and okay. Uh, it's actually a really nice panel because the, the 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 panel where the head comes off, it's all in silhouette, and you can just see the fiery eyes of this like big. Because it's a bit really big. It's basically like Shogun sort of armor. This this villain's wearing. Sure. Okay. Um. So it's good, and she kisses her dead husband, and then wakes back up, and uh, she she then gets rid of all these spirits because she she starts decapitating these spirit things, and when she decapitates them, they kind of like turn to smoke. So that's actually quite a nice couple of panels as well. Then I bring it up. They are, I mean, don't worry, the art's not as good as soy. Um, but the fighting does look really nice once it gets going. Um, That's good. And it gets to play with the, the, the bright lights of Tokyo and all the neon the background and stuff, uh, which is cool. So, yeah, that's basically it. And it's basically just, like, you know, she, she needs, like, a good voice so along. You know, the, the, the voice from the swords, she can't really trust very much and it's not going to be there anymore because, uh, uh, because of what she's done and she needs one a voice she can trust and he's like you have mine and they sort of stand and hug at the end and that's kind of it uh, it's an okay issue it, it kind of like it suffers from one of those things that kind of bug me about annuals where it's a very separate standalone little thing which may get a passing reference at some point you know i can see them being like at one point they'll be like hey you know i helped you when we were in tokyo and there'll be an editor's note saying see you know annual issue one for the details and it'll, that'll probably be the extent of how important this will be uh, forever. Um, 
Although sometimes the story can just be good enough to overcome that. I don't think this quite gets there. It, but at the same time, it's not a bad story. It's not tedious. It's not, you know, like one of these bad annuals where you're like, oh my god, what is this? Why are we doing this? Um, if you like Katana uh, or Black Lightning, but especially Katana, I think you'll have something here for this. Um, the, the the story about all the, all the stuff inside the sword like is, is vaguely interesting. It's not my kind of thing necessarily. Um, you know, there's ways that this can be done. If this was like a Doom Patrol book and they were getting inside, you know, a painting, for example, as they've done in that book, like that can work for me. There's a quirkiness to it. Whereas this is treating it a lot more seriously. This is like, no, like, these are the spirits inside the sword. I'm going to fight this thing. Mm. Um, but it's it's not it's not bad. I, I think uh, if I'm rating this, um, probably a six point five. I, I wouldn't. I'd say I'd say it's just about good. Um, How generous of you. Well, no, like I don't. But I also, the way it sounds harsh because it's not bad either. It's 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 it's, no, it's, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. It typically looks quite good. Um, but it doesn't feel super important to the, the main story. It doesn't feel like you need to read this if you're reading the main book. Yeah. No, and, no and ultimately, that's one of the problems I have with annuals. Which, I mean, it's true with the Batman annual as well, admittedly, but that feels so, like, standalone. It's so separate that it kind of gets past that problem. The weird thing is, though, is that I feel like a lot of King's regular issues also feel like that. So, I mean, <laughs> so it kind of fits the whole the whole run anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so no, no worries. Um... Who are we? Uh, Matt rated this as well. He rated this an eight, so he he seemed to enjoy it a little bit more than I did. Um, I'm a sucker for samurai action. Hell keeps adding to the relationships between katana and lightning, and if that's the most we get out of this book, we're better for it. Art was decent, but not near the level of soy. It has has a bit of a lull with the lightning defending the body, but the stuff in the sword makes up for it. That's funny because I'm the opposite. I preferred. The stuff with lightning defending the body was was the the killer action. Oh, me. is that the stuff you were talking about that you liked? Okay. Yeah, um, but uh, no, you seem to like it, and I, I do actually agree that it you know it, it bonds them a little bit more. Like if we're building up the relationships with the, this team, and especially if Black Lightning and Katana are the two elders of the team, um, them having some sort of like sort of mutual relationship here does make a lot of sense. And, yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, uh, it works well enough. Uh, if if nothing spectacular, so yeah, that is a uh, Batman: The Outsiders annual issue one, which will take us on to Tales from the Dark Multiverse: Death of Superman issue one, uh, written by Jeff Loveness and art by Brad Walker. So uh, you weren't here for the last one, did you read the? I, I did because I thought maybe I'll just leave these, and then you said because I opened it up, it's like fifty goddamn pages. Uh, it's long. I saw it, I was like, oh, oh yeah, boy. I did this weird thing this week where I somehow read all my books in ascending order of page count, which is really a really bad idea. Never do it that way because you want to know you've got a, a smaller one near the end, so that you've got a quicker yeah. one. Yeah. But for some reason, I I I went deceased. Uh, basket of heads which are two regular size books and then I went to the annuals and then Dark Multiverse which was longer than the annuals and then Killer Smile which I admittedly was shorter than I thought so that's not entirely true that was a yeah. little bit shorter but it was still longer than regular and then Harleen which is like 60, 70 pages or whatever it is um, yeah. but yeah no so I, I, I went to get it and I saw the page count I was like do I need to bother with these because that's like three books worth almost of, of actual reading mm-hmm and I've got twenty books to read if I if I include these. 
Um, but then you said, oh, they're actually building to some connected story. It's You might want to check it out. They're not as disconnected as they might seem. So I thought, fine, I'll read to it. To a point, and... yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure how, like, but it does feel like the, the stuff with Tempest is kind of like maybe... Okay, by that I mean there is an overarching story. Yeah. It's not just random one-shots of, hey, Dark Multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is I, don't something. Know, I feel like whatever this leads to, you'll probably be able to read without having read any of these, but it does feel like it's kind of... Teasing something. It's, it is teasing something, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I thought, all right, I'll try it. And then it was pretty damn good. I've really enjoyed it. So I was I, like, all right, I suppose I'll read the next one. I enjoyed all the arms been ripped off in the last oh, one. I bet you did. It was great. Um, so that's one, obviously, is Death of Superman. And the difference here is that when Superman dies, Lois does not take it well. Uh, she gets angry and kind of blames everyone. And the Eradicator... Uh, at least thinks he's too late to have saved Superman. He's, he's, he's not put him in the Matrix so, soon enough. And because of that, he's like, oh, this all this Kryptonian power I have in me, I can't hold, handle it anymore. So Lois is like, well, give it to me then. And Lois gets Superman powers and goes around being the sort of dark vigilante, just killing villains. She, and... she goes too far and she gets annoyed at Clark for her, when she realizes how much more he could have been doing, but mm. chose not to for the, you know, to, to not be a, a dictator, terrible person. Yeah, it's, it's very much the, the darkest, like, well, it's not the darkest. I mean, it's, it's kind of Death of Superman meets Red Sun. <laughs> kind of. In some ways. Uh, you know, and there's a bit of Tempest Fujinata at the start, sort of like talking about the dark multiverse and talking about how things have changed. Um, I will say this, I appreciate how all the other characters had their time-appropriate looks uh, in this book. Yeah, you had the big ginger, the big ginger Lex Luthor with the beard. You had... Uh, Batman had, Hal. Yeah, Batman had the yellow oval on his chair. Like, all this stuff just felt like it was of the time. And I think the art, actually, I think um, Walker's art is actually very suited to try to recreate at least a 90s feel um, in yeah. this book. And, like, we, we've seen Walker do you know, modern stuff yeah. as well, and, and he's very good at it. I, I, I'm a big fan of Walker, but uh, uh, he, he really emulates this style yeah. you know, kind of perfectly. Yeah, so Lois grows resentful, she hates the statue, she hates that his parents couldn't be at the funeral, she thinks all the heroes are all like, kind of hypocrites, they're all wanting the attention, they're all at the funeral, but they, they couldn't help save him, and so on and so on. Uh, and she gets this power from the Eradicator, and as you say, she she becomes very spiteful, she becomes very vicious, uh, she, you know, and this it's is where... greater good as she sees it, right? Yeah. And this is the thing, though, it's like leading her down this dark path. You know, when Batman tries to confront her, she kills Batman. So, you know, she does cr completely cross the line uh, in ways that, you know... But I do want to say, though, one of my favorite things about that first one shot was the, the arm ripping off and the ex excessive violence. So she kills Lex Luthor in a glorious manner. She grabs Lex Luthor and flies into space, and we basically see Lex's body burn up from the atmosphere... Um, like and we see like, his skin kind of burn off to tell he's just a skeleton. It is a that is a glorious page. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Of course, if this was Superman for the Quest for Peace, he'd be fine and he'd be just streaming and saying, "What are you doing?" But <laughs> uh, with something resembling more realistic physics, <laughs> this is uh, at least. I mean. I don't know. I've all, I've always uh, thought of people burning up and a re-entry re thing. Re thing. I don't know if it would happen on the way out. Maybe if you're going fast enough. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of the implication is she's going that fast because yeah. it's kind of around her as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 
That is neat. Because uh, she kills the Joker as well. She just like burns the Joker alive with her, with her heat vision. Again, super brutal. Um, I'm liking... Obviously, these are all dark versions of stories, so it makes sense. They're all violent. But I'm kind of... I'm loving this trend too, issues into this. That like We, all, we always get to see some really brutal like, creative deaths or something yeah. over the top. So, I'm kind of digging that. Yeah. Um, I, I love the other... One of, one of my only problems with the art, actually... Mm. is Batman's eyes in a couple of panels. So Walker does the whole like, animated series white-out eyes sort of yes. thing. And that's fine at a distance. It's up close when you have the, the close-ups on his face where it comes clear that it's actually like a screen visor and it's it's got these reflections and the reflections kind of just look odd on it um, because of the effect elsewhere is, you know, the, the white-out. So when you see the reflections, I think there's one, um, it's uh, it's bat- just before Batman says, I don't stop. Uh, that that panel there, the eyes just look wrong. It kind of pulls me out of it because of that, which is a shame. I'd have preferred it was just just white it out entirely. I actually am going to disagree with you on this. I don't mind that. Fair enough. For for me, like because because you get the white out at a distance and it has that animated series thing, which I really like. It makes me feel kind of old school. But I actually don't hate the idea that he's kind of like giving it context and like a sort of modern art sort of way of like saying, "Hey, this is what it actually is when his eyes are white like that." It's uh. You know, his, his uh, like, sort of lenses that he's got on his cowl. So That's it. I like it in theory of, okay, giving it that explanation. I just don't like how it looks in the close-up, unfortunately. I actually, I'm fine with it, because it just it, it looked, I don't know, more detailed, I guess. I mean, um, it's, it's a pretty minor quibble overall. I'm, I'm not really, you know, bothered by yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and then she, you know, she, she ends up killing uh, Superboy, <laughs> Connor Kent, can't catch a break, um, and steal... And then the Eradicator, not Eradicator, sorry, Eradicator was already Cyborg dealt with Superman. Cyborg Superman shows up. And she's like, you're not Superman. And here's the thing. So it turns out the real Superman that was actually going to come back. You know, he was put in the, the Matrix suit and it took longer than expected. But, you know, long-haired Superman, the black suit shows up. And the beautiful thing about this is he gets horrified when he sees that people are scared of Lois. And he, he understands, he starts to understand you know what, what this says, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and in the kerfuffle, uh, Cyborg Superman like blasts him with this kryptonite uh cannon thing, cannon. yeah, <laughs> arm cannon, yeah, yeah. And that's like gloriously 90s. Superman gets killed again, so we get Lois holding his dead body again. Um, yeah, and it's it's tragic, like, it, yeah, it, it, because throughout all of this. Lois is she becomes the villain. Don't me wrong, but you feel sorry for her. You know, you you, you kind of understand where this fall has come from. And you get the and she blames herself and says basically because of what I've done, I've killed him again. Uh, yeah. And you know we go back to Fujinot. Uh, he's like, yep, yep. This is all. He says, oh, yeah. Now now Lois is the Eradicator, the Dark Avenging Angel of the Multiverse. Yeah. So like, I hope we see more of her. Uh, I I mean I suspect we might well even the way uh fujinot that ends this book he, he says uh, uh we should we should look upon uh, those who fall prey to it uh, be- being these dark you know worlds uh what not with scorn but pity that kind of ties into what you were saying where you don't hate lois in this you just kind of feel sad and sorry that this is how it's going yeah yeah so yeah. um i don't think it was as good as the first one um that's fair you know i i I'm trying to remember the art in the first one because I, I might like the art in this one more, but I, I can't say that uh, definitively. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go and have I'd have to, to look at it again. Um, who was even on it? But um, I think the art in this was really good. I I liked how again how brutal it was and uh, how tragic it was. I think the story felt more intricate in the last one, but 
Yeah, I'm just looking quickly at the last one. Um, it was Javier Fernandez. Uh, oh, that was pretty I, good then. Yeah. I think the art was pretty good and suited that Gotham really well. Um, but likewise, this art suits Ninety Superman. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so I think they've been very appropriate artists for their pieces. It, it, maybe you can have a preference one way or another. I'm sure most people do, but I think they are equally good at what they're trying to do. Yes. Um, my only disappointment is that they really should have just not had Connor Kent there, just had Steel and Cyborg Superman for the joke. <laughs> that that would have been really quite funny. Just so I can make fun, make fun of Matt. Uh, but no, I actually, I surprisingly kind of enjoyed this again. Um, I'm into, I'm in, I wasn't expecting to be any of these Dark Multiverse things as much as I am so far. Yeah, you thought, yeah, you'll try one and go, ads ah, or what? These are, these are long. We don't really need to do these. Leave them. But then. But not only are they maybe building some sort of dark crisis, uh, they've so far been kind of fun. I, uh, I did notice the first one had Snyder co-write, um, and I, not you know not not so many guesses, but him doing a dark crisis sometime late next year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to that, and I think it's kind of likely at this point uh following on from this i could even be i could even be early i, I could see it as early as like uh, it could be like Mar- spring March or April. to be honest yeah because he's ending well, justice league just in like in january, january so right? yeah i mean it, it could be as early as february for all we know but um yeah, yeah. I, I mean I'd, I'd probably say early summer at the earliest but i could be wrong so yeah i was into it um what are you what are you giving it i'm gonna give this a an eight no, I'm going to 8.5 just for the art. Hmm. I, uh... I think I'm... I'm another 8 for me. This is my third day. You know, very consistent week for the most part. Mm. <laughs> uh, Good week. Yeah, 10. Well. You know, I like the art. I like this the sort of tragedy of it. I like the brutalness of just, like, dragging Lex out of the atmosphere until he burns and melts and there's just a skeleton yeah. left. I love it. I love how horrific these have been. Um... Uh, Matt gave it a 7 and he says it's fine I guess, I didn't enjoy it as much as the last one, I enjoyed Dark Lows but it was tedious to get through so he wasn't his, his game huh, I'm kind of surprised that was a bit over long he did he just he he just doesn't like dark Superman stories and that's <laughs> essentially what this is it's Lois gone bad and he just doesn't like reading that mm. it's very um, Matt a, a, a 7 that's like a dire score from Matt. Like things are really. That is good. actually like tra- that, that's like me giving this like a, a four or five. <laughs> it's like oh damn, that's damning. Anyway, uh, that will take us on to what's my list? A basket full of heads. Issue one. Joe Hill rating with Leo Max on the art. Um, that's not counting the backup story, which has a different artist, but that's the main the main thing. Um, so yeah, this is the first of our Hill House Hill House horror comics. Uh, yeah. suitably just in time for Halloween when it came out obviously it's a couple of days later now but um, I was looking forward to these I'm kind of excited about trying all of them and potentially keeping them on in the show because I like the idea of like shaking up kind of the, the you know having something a bit different on the show yeah kind of depends on just how how busy we are doesn't it it does but like I, I think it's a nice bit of variety especially when you know stuff like Wonder Woman is probably getting dropped and it's true. Joe, you know, I, I should say, I actually picked up uh, The Last God this week. Um, I think that's what it's called. Could just double check. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, I'm very excited. That's the, the big new fantasy epic thing that they're starting hmm. uh, under Black Label. Didn't have time to read it yet, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, I, I, 
um it's nice seeing dc publish these kind of variety of things now uh because vertigo was feeling off and on for a long time uh so this is you know this is kind of their vertigo replacement uh these books um but it's nice to see them well i'd say, I'd say black label as a whole kind of as yeah 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 i, I was uh including that because the mm. the last god isn't hill house yeah um, I mean, obviously they're doing some actual DC character stories in, in them as well, but like I'd say everything that's not a DC character feels like that. That's the I mean, they, they did that in Vertigo as well, though. You know, with Swamp Thing. Well, there was yeah. like, a couple of specific characters, but you never got like Batman Vertigo. That's true. You never got you know these other characters, yeah. but uh, so yeah, so this is a show. So this is really interesting because this is a completely fresh story, completely sort of uh, you know just a, a new thing. And we get introduced to our main two characters. Most of this issue, Firefly, go away. Uh, most of this issue is introducing us to these two characters. This young couple, uh, you know, this guy's been working in this this small uh, island uh, in Maine, Rhode Island. of course. Yeah, it's in Maine, of course, because yeah. Stephen King's son wrote it, and everything they write has to be set in Maine, um, even with a reference, because Shawshank Prison gets mentioned. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we see a van from Shawshank. So, uh, we're interested in this pair of characters, and it's like she's coming to visit him. They've not seen each other all summer. He's been working as a... Uh, police. P- p- yeah, police, but like... I've never actually heard of it. I've never heard of someone doing like a, like a summer internship as a cop. This is actually kind of weird to be... Uh, yeah, it is kind of weird, but... I mean, I buy I mean, it well yeah. enough. I mean, especially because they, they point out later that he doesn't get a gun or anything like that. He's kind of like a traffic cop for the most part. Um, yeah. And the idea is that, yeah, maybe like when he comes back after he's graduated from college, he'll maybe get, you know, hired as a full-time uh, police officer. But, um, yeah, so a lot of this issue is like really interesting that this couple and sort of like setting up their chemistry. Uh, they're kind of joking with each other. He's picking her up. They're kind of flirting. They're cracking jokes. Um and we set up this 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 threat in town of something that's happened. We have this prison prison van that's uh that's got over. We also hear a little bit about some of the maybe darker stuff that he's seen on the job during the month and how it kind of broke him a little bit, uh, and how he's kind of became good friends with his boss. You know, we find out that they've gotten kind of close to the to the point where he kind of stays with like with with his boss and his wife and uh like he's bringing his girlfriend there for dinner that night and there's, there's like a you know. I think this does a really good job of like setting up the characters and the dynamics because we get the the, the sheriff like complaining like ah oh, you you better tell my wife she may not she may be upset that you're bringing someone to dinner and he's like no she's known about this for weeks and he's like how come I didn't know that wife that that woman tells me nothing like <laughs> she, yeah, the the, the girlfriend yeah she operates this family on a need to know basis and in thirty five years of marriage I never needed to know a single thing yeah it, it does a really good job and that's I mean that's a really good line just to give you how he speaks it's a really funny line but. Like it gets a really good job of setting up just the core three or four characters and how they they talk to each other, what their relationships are, and it sets up that, like we have this threat, you know, because uh, uh, you know when they're driving driving through town, uh, they, they come across this this prison, the Shawshank prison bus that's that's, uh, and it's, yeah, right after he's finished his last shift for the summer. Yeah, and there's like I think it's four convicts of of Ran, uh, maybe three, but three or four. Um, I think it was four. And they're they're looking for them, and you know the boss is like, hey, like it's fine now, like you you finished your last shift. I don't think it's going to be anything too serious. Like, they're not they're not like mass murderers. Uh, they're you know they've they've done some serious things, but not super bad. And you know we're going to look for them. You you just go home. And he and it, but it does this little thing where he makes a point of saying, hey, look, I also want you to go home and be with you know 
your girlfriend and my wife because like hey just in case these guys end up being dangerous i wouldn't mind someone who who's at the house who can like you know take care of everything yeah and he's like your son's that were there and he's like yeah what's your point <laughs> so yeah again it sets up how he feels about his son and yeah sets up the character so it, this is a, it's a really good tv pilot it really sets up all the, the character dynamics very very well yeah um and they get to the house and we, we meet the son who's kind of this preppy guy who likes to play tennis um mm. and you know this it, kind of all introductions we get that there's like a lot of artifacts in the house um which by the way how much is this cop getting paid because in this very same issue uh obviously he's just like the, the rookie right who's doing this for the summer i don't expect him to be getting paid anything close to what the captain is but um, he's getting like 350 an hour or whatever it was yeah which i mean it's set in the 80s it's worth mentioning uh it's... yeah yeah but i mean it's still not a huge amount or was it the end of the 70s whatever it was i can go back and check no, i think that. it was early 80s it was it? like 83 i'll double check quickly but that's this captain He's he's got like artifacts and stuff. He's got like a museum <laughs> and his big big living room. And I'm like, how much does this guy get paid? What salary? Uh, I I think he steals them all. Okay, sure. Uh, and it says that this, this mystical axe is going to be important later. This Viking axe. I'm sure Matt loved that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's not to love? Because uh, I mean, everything in here is all this you know Viking Norse stuff. Because that's uh, the the family heritage, I guess. Uh, so. Do you know, I really liked the art in this, and I thought the art did a really good job of suiting the tone of the book, feeling kind of like it. You know, it's going to turn to a horror story, but at least so far, it's been mostly down to earth, and yeah, it's just doing that. But there is one thing. There's an effect at one point where the wife, you know, the the sheriff's wife's on the phone, and it's doing the thing where it's trying to show the movement, got her heads going back and forth. But because it's a horror book, and because it's maybe not faded the second head out enough, it just looks like she's yeah. got two heads. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that. It didn't look great. That one, probably the worst panel of the book. Yeah, um, but we find out that uh, the convicts took a boat and a guy in town died. Although it looks like they didn't kill him, he just slept to his run after him on the rocks. Um, that's yeah. that's how it looks anyway. So they may actually be off the island now. They might be going, um, kind of thing. Of course, the big cliffhanger in the book though is you know it's later that night. They're they're watching TV together, the couple, and they're again they're flirting. Uh, they're, they're talking about their music taste and, and whatever else, and they hear a noise. So he's like, okay, you go to this this room and you hide and you wait. Uh, I'm going to go check everything out. And the final page is like, you know, the, the girl like up against the, the side of a, the door and we see two convicts with, with flashlights sneaking down the hall. So two yeah. of them are in the building. Like, they're in the Do house. You know I actually, glancing at it rereading now, I think there is only two of them and we have both made the same mistake when reading it earlier. Uh, so when the you know the, the the sheriff describes what's happened, he says, "Oh, we're looking for two dopeheads, a drunk who ran someone over while he was under the influence, and a guy who pimped out his daughters." That's four. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think it is. He says we're looking for two dopeheads, and then it's one of them's a drunk who's you know, ah. and then describes the two of them. I think we've both made the same mistake originally, and then thinking about it now and seeing there's only two at the end, I think it is only the two of them. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't make much difference, admittedly. It's just okay. No, no, but I, I actually want to point out as, as I don't know if that's just a slight, maybe could have been a little bit more clear in the in the dialogue. Just a slight grammar thing, more than anything. Yeah, else. just just a tweak that because I think we both made the same mistake. I think it is just the two of them, and I say ultimately not a big deal. But uh, I was thinking at the end of this, I was like, oh, is there another two out there? And it was only while I was skimming it while we're talking about this now that I kind of caught on that maybe there is just the two. And it's worth mentioning. I, I like how the girl's dressed like a. She she looks like a character in a slasher movie. She looks like the the she final does. girl who's going to be in a slasher movie. 
yeah. um and that's really good so um yeah i i was i really like the cold open as well that we got yeah it was a uh, tease it's, it's set i don't know if it's present day but it's set later because it has to be flashback to the the main it just period. yeah it, it doesn't tell us when that's set but afterwards it just says before uh yeah. september 83 so yeah it was 83 um, um but yeah just, just go over the bridge you know with the with the basket of presumably heads yeah we hear we hear bickering from under underneath the the, the cover that in the basket so obviously we know we're going to get to a basket of heads at some point the rest of the story doesn't really have anything that tells us how we're getting there which i kind of like i like that there's kind of a mystery to it it's like okay so where are we going with this? right because right now what this issue really is in terms of building a bit of suspense it's just there's escaped convicts we don't think it's going to be a big deal the, the issue mainly focuses on just setting up the characters but then we have this one moment at the end it's like no hey they're in the house like so there's not a lot of horror in the first issue it's just a nice little thing where it's in the background they're building up this this thing yeah where and we kind of know it's there just on premise yeah but that that's I, that's basically it my prediction is she grabs the axe to defend herself chops off one of the heads and sure. the head carries on talking oh yeah it makes it makes sense that the yeah the axe no, that, that, that's my guess of how it's going down yeah uh, so I was just looking for their names because it was bugging me that I couldn't. So the guy, the, the, the main guy is Liam, the, the the young cop. And then the girl. Yeah, the, I didn't catch the names very much. It was either. mentioned multiple times, her name, which is, and I know it was, so it's annoying me. Um, was it? Uh, yeah. Presumably. June, June there you go. Um, so, no, I was really into this. Uh, I thought the art, barring like that one nitpick, uh really fits the tone i think it's very expressive there was a lot of points where you know she was making faces at him um yeah is it actually you know it's about how you know like the black label has kind of been their vertigo replacement um this the, the art feels like a lot of classic vertigo stuff mm. uh, in, a, in a very good way yeah so i mean that, that was the main story uh, i liked it a lot i am definitely on board for issue two um, yeah, me too. Which is uh, obviously going to be next month. So that is cool. Um, and also, your prediction is not really... I mean, it doesn't really mean a whole lot when it literally says, in one month, the axe will fall. I mean, they're kind of telling you. that. <laughs> well, well, and I know that there's going to be the axe. We know that's what it is from solicit and just premise. I'm just saying, I, I think it's specifically her... Well, one of them using it on these two guys to defend themselves. You know, I was being very mm. spe you know, specific. And it wasn't a prediction more of... Okay, it's very clear that this—that's where this is going. I will be surprised if it does anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next one—I'll oh, we'll mention the backup in a minute. But the next issue is a uh, Dollhouse Family issue one, which is on the thirteenth of November. So, yeah, uh, that's the that's the next uh, Hell House book. Is, yeah, which... I uh, I did not read the backup uh, on this. Uh, I will do probably before the next issue of. Uh, well, it'll be in Dollhouse, won't it? Um, yeah. So I'll probably read it before that. But again. 20 comics and i got i got through the first like page of this and then the second page was uh i think it was the third page i got to where it was just caption boxes i just went i've, I've not got it in me to read this right now it's a, it's a bit overly captioned i will say um basically i mean i wasn't as into the backup as i was the the, the main story but it seems to be during the revolutionary war uh an american you know, captain or whatever, or admiral, I don't know what his rank is, I, I didn't quite catch it, uh, is using werewolves, potentially, to, to fight in the war. Uh, uh, that sounds familiar. 
Um, that seems to be it. You know, it sort of ends with that kind of reveal. Uh, but there's obviously not a lot there. It's mainly just stating the state of the war and why we need to fight. And obviously, he's this vicious bastard. Do, do you suspect this might be one of those things that reads better at the end after? Because it's only like four or five I think pages. So. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think I'm going to struggle to remember any details from this outside of there was werewolves on a ship. Like that. Yeah. I think I'm going to struggle with the backup, so I'll try read the next part. If I if I feel like I'm struggling, I'll just leave it and read the backups as a it single might story. Not be later. as big a problem when there's three or four of these books coming out and there's one every week or every two weeks consistently, and there's a part like very regularly. Yeah, it's two weeks, then two weeks again, and there's three issues in December, so it's a little bit quicker again. I don't know how long this backup's running, but yeah, that's uh that's kind of the gist of it, but. Uh, so, no, it was a bit messier in terms of how much uh, captions were, and I don't know if it's just because they're trying to squeeze so much into a few pages, so it's kind of suffering a little bit from that. So, we'll see how it develops. Maybe, maybe it'll actually be more smooth sailing, no pun intended, uh, once uh, you know the story's set up and it's, it's doing whatever it's doing. But um, but I really like Basketful of Heads. I, I think the main story is just really well-paced. It, it does. It genuinely feels like the opening 10 minutes of a... Uh, of a horror story or either a horror movie or maybe like the pilot of a horror tv show like take your pick whatever one you want to compare it to um yeah it really has that small town kind of feel to it which i, I like a lot uh and i'm excited about uh um you know actually chopping off some heads but uh what are you giving it uh, i got an 8.5 um uh, really into it uh, i will give it a name uh i hmm. was i was super into it i was digging the vibe uh matt also gave it a nine uh so matt was really into it great pacing and i love the slasher vibe uh, might read better in trade but i'm here for all all of it art was somewhat spotty in places so he wasn't as into the art as much uh hell knows how to set to, how to set the story up and i enjoyed all the little character details uh, no mention of the backup so did he read it who knows but <laughs> uh didn't see fit to mention it which is fine so yeah uh yeah, so that's Basketful of Heads. Uh, I would say a very strong start to to Hill House Comics. Yeah, I, I hope that they're all as good as this. Um, but, I mean, if it ends up that it's only the, the Hill-written ones that we really like as much, then, I mean, it could be worse. And, hell, if we end up with, like, one of these a week... That'd be nice. Whereas, you know, we get, oh, at the end, so we always end with the Hill House book. I mean, I'll be, I'll be more than happy, happy with that. Um, assuming they're all good, which may, may or not be. They all sounded good. The, I mean, all all the solicits were actually were all at least decent sounding, if not great sounding. So yeah, but uh, it doesn't always translate. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, no, basketball heads very very good. Uh, which will take us on to uh, our next uh, black label book, which is Joker Killer Smile Issue One. Jeff Lemire writing with Andrea Sorrentino on the art. So. Yeah. Just on, on that as well, before we even go any further, uh, Jordi Belair's on colours, which I thought was interesting because I know Sorrentino, when it usually colours the first issue of something that he does himself, uh, I know you've spoken about this before, uh, he likes to set the, the palette himself uh, and then hand it off to his whoever the colourist is going to be so that, that they completely understand what he wants. So I think it's uh, it's really interesting that he obviously trusts Belair enough to go, hey, no, 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 you, you got this. Uh, you, you know what you're doing with it. Yeah, so I was curious, obviously we like Jeff Lemire a lot, and I was curious to see what this would be exactly, especially since we've got Harleen, which is obviously more focused on a Harley, but it's definitely got some similar beats in the sense that it's Joker inside a cell, because this is very, you know, it's a psychiatrist coming to talk to Joker, which is a lot of what Harleen is. 
So yeah, very interested to see how this was going to separate itself and how it was going to feel. Obviously, the art's fantastic. I mean, I barely have to even. It's it's Sorrentino. It's always fantastic. Mention that. Um, we have this great visual of all these purple and green balloons uh, over the city, which looks a gas and Joker's talking about everyone laughing and the happiness and the true beauty and you know whether or not he's an artist and all the rest of it. That panel of him kind of waltzing through with his arms out with all the bodies on the ground is mm. phenomenal. Very, 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 very nice. Um, and we see, yeah, we see. Oh, honestly, the only thing I might, I might not like about the art is uh, how Sorrentino draws Batman's head. <laughs> That's the only thing I think I might, I might not like. Uh, I can see that. I get, I get what you can coming from. Um, but no, all, all the stuff's good. The expressions, uh, you know, because we've got this, you know, Silence of the Lambs set up. We've got the glass, and it's just Joker sitting down talking to, uh, this 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 new character, this uh, this uh, therapist, uh, by the name of Ben. What was it? Ben yes. Arnell. That was his name. Um, and he, you know, he's he's got a couple of weeks. You know, he he wants his superior to let him have as much time as possible. But he's like, no, I've and I like this. I like this. It almost feels like this is post Harley in the sense, like, no, I've lost too many psychiatrists. To this this maniac. You're getting two weeks, and then no matter what, you're getting pulled out because any longer than that, you're probably going to go insane. Like that's <laughs> pretty much basically our attitude. Uh, and I think that's perfect because like, and, uh... he's the Joker. And she cracks an incredible joke about uh, Woodrow, which honestly made me laugh. It did make me laugh, because I actually wasn't sure if they were talking about that Woodrow at first until she did the punchline, and I went, oh, they are, she is talking about Floronic Man, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the joke for anyone who wants to uh, who wants to hear it, here's the next page. Um, so, hey, did you hear what Woodrow said to the guards last night? It's, it's, it's set up like it's not a joke, because it sounds like she's talking in context of, the, of, of Arkham Asylum. And he's like, no, what? He didn't say anything. That guy's an effing vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good. Anyway, it was. So he drives home, and we, you know, we meet this guy's family. He's, he's got, he's got a wife, and he's got, a, he's got a daughter. Uh, again, the expressions are fantastic. Um, you know, they have this, this dinner. These kids showing him a drawing. It's all very heartwarming. It's a very quick read, by the way, because it wasn't, it wasn't overly narrated or. Yeah, like and it's a little bit longer than a normal issue, but it's not crazy long. It it probably read just as quick, if not quicker, than a normal issue because it was so light on on text. Um, yeah, but that's because uh, obviously Lemire and Sorrentino have worked together a lot over you know years at this point. Mm. They have a great relationship, and, and obviously Lemire trusts Sorrentino to tell a lot of this story visually. So the the the, the first kind of like troubling sign is that. He's reading his his kid. Ben's reading his kid this uh this this you know storybook, and it's about this happy you know Happyville, this you know community of little bunny rabbits and bears and whatever. And Mister Smiles shows up, and it's basically a clown with a chainsaw. <laughs> and <laughs> I I also I want to say this at this point cuts to uh, an actual like storybook, like kids story. Yeah, for one uh, for thing. one page it does well technically two. It's so a two page layout, but like yeah, and it just cuts to, as if you're reading a ch- a children's storybook. It's yeah. you know with the big picture, big font text, and uh, it has its own numbering on the pages. It's uh, it's kind of great that it cuts to this. And it comes back to like him, and he's like, "Wait, why are we reading this one? Where did this come from?" And the kids like, "You got it for me, Dad." And he's like, "I did." And he's like, "Oh, that's weird." And he tries to read more of it, and he's like, "You know what?" He, 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 he thumbs it. through a couple yeah. of the next pages and sees the the chainsaw decapitating them. Yeah, and he's like, "You know what? No, 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 that's it for tonight. Go to bed." And you know, his wife is concerned that he's doing this work with these criminals with Joker. He's like, "You know, can't you just go back to being like a therapist?" And he's like, hey, "Look, I've got two weeks. I'll try and do what I'm I'm doing." 
because uh, another big thing is like he was questioned like is he doing this because of his ego because he wants to like write a book or whatever which is actually one of the plot beats that's brought up in harleen as well um yeah and he's always no you're doing this because you're a good good person and you actually think you can achieve something and do do, do some good and he's like yeah and he's like yeah coloring here is great i love when they turn off the light it goes from being you know a tan hue to like the, the blue you know moonlight kind of hue yeah uh, and then cut nice to black stuff. at the bottom yes and then yeah so he wakes up and you have this kind of weird uh yeah and it's kind of like a sleepwalking thing you're not sure how awake he is because there's this you know, red balloon that pops into like a rorschach test mm-hmm. and then he, when he gets up there is this red aura around him and he gets up and everything else is obviously the tinted the sort of the the blue for nighttime and he's walking around he goes downstairs uh the panels kind of fall away as he's going down the stairs which is a really nice, nice effect it's super trippy isn't it yeah um, and then she's like on the stairs, his wife, that is. He's like, Ben, what are you doing down here? And he's, he's he's down there and turns on the light. He's like, oh, nothing. I guess I'll go back to sleep. And she's like, sleep? Go back to sleep. It's eight. It's time to go. Get dressed for work. You're going to be late. <laughs> yeah. And and just before, you know, before he wakes up, he's going towards the door. And everything's black except him, which has this kind of red with a purplish tint glow around him. And this door is bright green. So it's obviously all these Joker colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, what I realized was when, you turn the, when she turns the light on and you see the door, it is still green. It's this very pale green um so it's just it's just really heightened in this uh dreamlike state yeah so basically he's lost time something's happened to him and it's basically because this story what, I, what i'm really getting it's about is about joker affecting this guy and how trying to connect and understand to him is just a path to madness and yeah you know it, it very much feels like that um you know and then joker's telling a story about you know killer fish or, or whatever he's, he's done um and it's some great art here again he's got a crowbar and we see the fish all jokerized and all the rest of it. And he's asking us, and then Joker starts talking about Happyville. He starts talking about the, the story that he was reading to his kid the night before. And um, he's like, oh, and, yeah, and everything was great until Mr. Smiles came to town. I think he's actually just quoting the story. If yeah, like yeah, it's directly, yeah. I think it's the exact the exact lines. And he, like, you know, so Ben, like, throws down his chair and, like, runs out, obviously worried that something's happened at his house. Uh, oh no! He runs to the bathroom. Sorry. He, yeah, he, he, he's just he's like, "Hey, something's not right." He's yeah. He's not sure if he's imagined this or if how how's Joker know about this? And, and this Joker happen? laughing as well at the top of his lungs as he's running away in fear is is pretty great. But it's he, terrifying. He's yeah. in the bathroom and he actually again he, he sees this vision where he he sees blood on the cubicle door and he opens the door and he sees a corpse, this Jokerized corpse with blood coming from its throat and then ha 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 written on the walls in blood. It's super yeah. dark and it goes to that. That harsh red against the white background kind of. Sorrentino loves doing this yeah. effect. He pulls it off fantastic. But then, like, he snaps to reality. He sees his hands, and the guy's like alive, and he's like, "What the hell?" And he's like, "Oh, sorry." And he's like, "He's clearly just opened this cubicle, and this guy who's been in there." And the guy's like, "What? What are you doing?" And he's he's yeah. on the floor, sort of rubbing I, I, his I'm eyes. I'm gonna say the guy probably should have locked the damn door, but whatever. Um. Yeah. That's a plot hole, I guess. <laughs> Most people lock the cubicle when they're in there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we just end, uh, Joker's, like, drawing Mr. Smiles on his wall, this character from the book, and he's just, we, we hear sort of the end of the Mr. Smiles story, or at least part of it, and it tells a story of this uh, little, uh, what animal was it? A rabbit, maybe? I don't know if it actually says what rabbit, uh, what animal it was, but it was a little... Maybe I'm just imagining yeah. rabbit. A little animal comes to this door. Basically, everyone knows that Mr. Smiles is the way he is and that he's killing people and that he's, he's untrustworthy. And this little animal wants to, like, see him. And he invites him in. Mr. Smiles says, why don't you come in? And he goes, well, you're probably going to kill me. 
Um, he's like, and he's like, yeah, but you're going to, but he does it anyway. And he's like, why, why are you doing this? And he said, and the last line of the book is because I need to know how it feels. And I think obviously here, this animal represents the psychiatrist. Like he knows oh, yeah. he shouldn't go into the house. He knows he shouldn't go into Joker's mind, but he's going yeah. to do it anyway because he needs to try and understand it. But it's just going to lead to, you know, madness and or death. So yeah, it's great. Uh, so that's the story. Um, let's see, art is fantastic. Uh, maybe the highlight, and I think the writing is solid actually. Um, it is. Uh, I think my only problem with the I, I say problem is I don't think it utilizes the the widescreen format as much as maybe it could have done. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't do anything uh, particularly out of the out of the standard wheelhouse with it that, that some of the other widescreen books have done. Yeah, so I suppose yeah. that's. But I mean, fair. it looks great. I think honestly, the biggest thing going against this is that it's out at the same time as Harleen, and I, I, you know, I don't even just mean the same week. I just mean in general. Um, there's some yeah. overlapping themes, and it's like I, I will say it does feel different though. In that, um, you know, Harley, yes, well, it's it's also about okay, Harley Quinn succumbing to the Joker, and this guy probably succumbing to the Joker, uh, and they're both these you know uh, therapists and psychologists. Uh, I, I get that there's all this similarity. But it feels done in a very different angle to it. Uh, Harley, it's well, well no, it, it does, but it doesn't really matter though. The, the point is, is I can't help but think about it when I'm reading this. No, that's true. So no, that's, that's true. The, the problem of it just sort of, and it's, it's weird to say this, but it's paling a little bit in comparison, just because Harley's so freaking good. But but this is a really solid book, and yeah, you know, it's really good. It's just it isn't as good as Harley. Honestly, any um. Like, if this had come out three months ago, we'd be praising the hell out of this. No, no, that's the thing. It's fantastic. I, I think if this wasn't out around the same time as Harleen, I think I'd be praising this. I think it would maybe be getting Book of the Week. Um, It's just kind of weird that like it might not, because Harleen exists and it's out the same week. <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I think if I'm going to rate it, like I, I do think it gets an 8.5 at least. Um. Um, I'm tempted to give it the nine. I, th- I, th- I think I'll give it the nine just because it, it's 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 creepy as shit as well. Uh, especially, uh, especially it, with the art. It's unsettling in a different kind of way, which is nice. Yeah. But uh, uh Matt gave us a seven point five. I'm surprised. Matt's been very negative this week. Art is fantastic, but I'm not sure on the story. The atmosphere is great, but with Harleen doing roughly the same thing, I don't know if that creative team justifies it alone. Um, I think one thing I would like to say just on the other difference here is Harleen is... How how many issues was that again? It's quite a few, isn't it? No. Is that only three? Okay, no, it's three issues, but they're huge issues, right? Yes. Uh, This is only three issues as well, and it's, what, half the length that Harleen is uh, in, in the page count? Uh, so it's a lot shorter story. Um, so I wonder if that'll feel feel a lot tighter at the end. Maybe paced completely because it'll be paced very differently. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But um, I don't think Color Smell was very good. It's just kind of weird uh, that we have similar things. I I almost yeah. wish they'd held it back and just released it after Harleen was done. Don't we have another one starting soon? The uh, the Cami Garcia one. Was that a Joker? How- Criminal Sanity. Oh, no, that already started. It's fine. Yeah, already started. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there's so many of these black label prestige books are on the same, you know, Joker and Harley. And I mean, part of that is probably because the movie came out and they were like, oh, we want it around that. But yeah, uh, it's kind of weird. Probably. 
but that's a, a Joker Killer Smile issue one, which does take us on to our final book of the week, which is Harleen issue two by Stephen Sejic. The main event. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, I'll just there's so many goddamn pages. It feels weird to summarize the whole thing. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to. Let's go dive, dive in. in. Let's go dive in right, right at the start. Uh, and she's talking to Joker. She's calling Mister J. That's kind of where we ended last time. And I will mm. say this: it, very early in this issue, I said, "Well, this issue has to end with her smelling at him." Like that—that that yeah. became very clear early on. That this has it's, to be. Clear, that's what the theme of this issue yeah. was. Uh, but we do get a, a scene from later on. Uh, so I mean, obviously, the, the the narration, the dialogue that's happening over the top of it is just obviously them talking to each other. But it's yeah. it's Joker talking about. Um, you know, everyone being a monster deep down, everyone's secretly violent, and Gotham just lets it's people a, unleash it. Classic standard Joker speech, yeah. in, in, in a way that becomes very smart later on. Yes, but the whole thing here is that we find out this is from later because Harley's in it. Uh, we have, you know, Joker's at gunpoint and Harley, and we get a full page, well, almost full page spread, of Harley in costume, you know, saying, don't touch my pudding. So... Obviously, oh, for this, man. for this, Cedric's uh, in costume Harley is amazing. Looking. Yeah, for the sake of Cedric's art, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to see. Um, but I mean, this issue, as, as it goes on, it's like you know, she she's struggling. She's drinking a lot of booze. She's struggling with dealing with the idea that she's not really getting anywhere. But also this idea that, um, you know, what if the Joker's right? Because her whole her whole thesis was that psychopaths and sociopaths. Uh, are created because they they lack the ability to feel empathy, which I and I mentioned that because I think it becomes important again towards does, the end. Yeah. But um, and it's like all these villains exist, and she's not really getting anywhere, and she's becoming kind of obsessed in an unhealthy way. Um, but of course, she hears from from you know her, her employer or, or whatever it is uh, to you know check the news about Harvey Dent, and you know we find out that you know the the things happen to Harvey. You know Maroney's throwing the acid in his face, and we. We see this play out on on TV, and it's horrifying. Oh yeah, it looks great. Uh, he he definitely draws a a Dark Knight version of Two Face. Um, he does, yeah. Uh, with the really brutal, uh, sort of the 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 hole in the cheek always nails it. Yeah, it? the gore and whatnot, and we get these vigilantes, um, who who are in very Deathstroke looking masks. Well, I think it's meant to represent Two Face, not Deathstroke. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, and they they actually kill Maroney on TV. Like the they they execute him and say this is for Harvey Dent. This is to get real justice, vigilantism, blah blah. Uh, and we get a big, big, great big two page spread of Batman and Robin storming in and like taking these vigilantes out because obviously they're killers and they they. I love the uh, the wraparound effect of this. It almost, yeah with the the way the um the way the Batmobile curves and the light flashes. It has a, a real kind of. Uh, lens effect. I think it's accentuated mm. by the the curving of the panels that are there. Um, it feels kind of really wide in, in scope because of that. Yeah, no, really, really good. Um, and you know, we see like the the police then have a rough time because now they're all suspecting because we because one thing we know about these vigilantes is they're all cops. Like these are cops who are putting on masks. We just don't know what yeah. cops are as. And Harley had set up interviews with police officers she wanted to go in and second guesses whether or not she should but ultimately she's getting nowhere with the criminals so she kind of has to and she meets with gordon so we get scenes with gordon and harley talking and gordon's receptive enough to her he's just like hey can we can you just not do it right now this is kind of a bad time with all this game yeah it's a bad time and she ultimately requests that she wants to speak to to batman um 
and you know it, it it's just this interesting scene it's actually maybe my favorite page in the book actually when the batman arrives because she waits around for a long time she's told to wait until night time it's a it's got a great like uh time passing effect where and uh, in, in the sense that at one point you know uh, you know gun just comes up to her and she snaps out of it and you know because at, at the top of the page is kind of her just staring off and you really feel like she's just been sat there for hours not even thinking anymore yeah, and it's mostly just through the uh, the, the shape of the panels more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe my favorite page is actually Batman standing on top of the bat signal um, when he arrives. Oh, it's so good. Uh, the, the way the light beams kind of go around Gordon. Yeah, really, really nice. And Harley wants to talk to him, and she's like, do you think they can be helped? She's basically trying to ask, like, you know, why don't you kill them? Like, you clearly think they can be helped. So that may, maybe reinforces her belief that she can do something with them, that, that there's, there's hope. It's like, so you think that there's hope for them? And he says, I hope there is, which is a different answer. It's not that he thinks there is hope, he just hopes that there is hope. <laughs> yeah. As, as bizarre as that sounds, very Batman it's, answer. It's a lot more cynical, even though it's hopeful. Yes, which is Batman pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and she goes back to Arkham and, you know, she, she's talking to uh, you know, the guards or whatever. She goes to see Joker. And this is kind of where the key thing in the issue happens that sets up the ending is where. He does actually open up just a little bit. He opens up just a little bit, um, and she's even seen saying in her narration that, like, because of the way he's speaking, because of the way he's kind of, uh, he has these moments of clarity. Yeah, and she says, "I'd almost admire him." Basically, this kind of thing, um, but he kind of admits, you know, because she asked, "Why didn't you kill kill me?" You know, that night, um, and he talks about how. He has two things that he really loves to see on someone's face. Um, he has he has two things, um, and that is the the look of fear of death. You know, the absolute yeah, terror, ab- abject horror was yeah. the phrase he used, and also the, an honest smile. An honest smile, and they very really cross over. But when he saw terror in her face, he wanted to see her smile, and it's kind of the first time he kind of flushed with her, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, yeah, and it's that moment of you know sincerity like you know it's just, there are these moments of sincerity from the joker and then immediately he's back to putting on the performance and he's like well maybe my gun was just out of bullets who knows mm. yeah uh, it's a great it's a great take on joker here actually no it's good um so it kind of ends there and this is kind of in her shock i love her like uh, her her shocked face when he says i wouldn't mind seeing her smile um that first moment of like he just said something positive about me. Like, he just, he just... It's like, how do you take that? Yeah. Uh, and this is something she can't help but think about. She's, like, lying in bed at night. She can't, like, get this out of her head, this idea that he wants to see her smile. Um, and she's having these nightmares, um, you know, about, about him being prosecuted. And, you know, we, we see that he is getting files. He's, like, he's like paying off a guard to, like, get files from uh, Doctor Strange's... Uh, office, office or whatever yeah. um, possibly about her who knows but she has this uh, and another scene that I love is that she's uh, standing in front of the mirror and she sort of smiles at the mirror and she's looking at herself she's putting her hair back and she she, really, she catches herself basically thinking that Joker thought she was too good looking to die and she feels like almost a bit of ego and then realises what she's thinking and kind of feels like ashamed Horrified and disgusted herself, yeah. yeah like what the hell am I doing I'm I, I, she basically was enjoying a compliment from a madman and yeah. you know you know and that was really 
I was really wondering at the start of this because I really like issue one, but it's like, how do you successfully go down the path at a reasonable rate, showing her like kind of turn and showing the sort of the, the seeds come in? And I think this issue actually does it surprisingly well because after this, she she reacts kind of naturally. She's so horrified by the thought that she was kind of not turned on or whatever by this, but just like excited. But it felt good. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, but basically just that. It felt nice to get the compliment. Um, yeah. that she she avoids them. She's like, no, I'll, I'll interview the rest. I'll interview Croc, I'll interview Riddler, I'll interview whoever else. I won't go back to Joker. And yeah. time passes and she she talks about how she's just kind of bored. I, I, did, I actually, goes, I laughed. She goes to see Ivy for the first time. Yeah, I laughed at the uh, her in the parka when she goes to see Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Gave me a chuckle. Um, but yeah, yeah, she has this scene with Ivy. Um, and Ivy... Ivy's like, oh, thanks for using a, a recorder and not taking notes. Obviously, you know, mm. thinking, oh, she's she's done her research. She, she doesn't want to see the the dead tree in front of her. Uh, and and in the narration, it's just like, ah, oh, shit, yeah, I do cross my mind. Yeah, I, I. But this is the thing, though, is that Ivy can tell that she's thinking about someone. She can tell that her hormones are in, in gear. Um, yeah. And this you know, obviously embarrasses her. She's like, oh, time to go. Uh, <laughs> sorry. And again, she's beating herself up. She's like, no, I can't get him out of my mind. She can't stop thinking about him. Um, yeah and it's just really good and she actually sneaks in uh, to watch him sleep to watch him sleep and she sees all these scars on his back and it's almost like she she feels sympathy and yeah he says no he's not scary just scarred yeah it, it, it really it really it does a good job i mean it cuts to uh two-face he's been in a coma for or harvey i should say harvey he's not really two-face yet i suppose yeah but he's, he's been in induced coma just coma for a month and he's, he's got bandages on down half of his body as you'd expect and he's waking up i love the pov panels actually yeah because they don't have his eye covered up straight away um so you kind of see you know one eye you know it's it's, it's kind of normal hazy at first you know the white lights coming in and the other eye is all just tinted red and blurry yeah it's kind of that thing where you sort of squint your eyes at a light and look at it it's sort of yeah just, you see it coming through but it's not um you know great but anyway so harvey's like no we're gonna have a press conference i need to like talk to the public and you know talk about these vigilantes and everything else and whatever and then we get this thing where we hear basically the 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 two-faced voice start to talk to him um yeah and it kind of you know and I love him peeking under the bandages, actually, where, again, the, once what is the POV shot, one side is blurry. And he doesn't see his whole face, he just looks at, like, around his eyes, just a little bit. Just enough to see, and he's, I think, you know, nails the, the terror on his face here. He's terrified of himself. Yeah. Um, and he starts, like, hearing different things from people, like, imagining them saying something, like, harsh, you know, the two-faced kind of way. Um, yeah. And... So what's great about this, obviously, it's like, why are we cutting to Two-Face? It's because it really, it, it plays into what Harley's going through in this issue, where she's worried that, yes, everyone in Gotham does have violence and madness underneath, and it's all just waiting to come out. So seeing Harvey Dent, someone who she met in issue one, who is this upstanding guy who really believes in what he's doing and has yeah. really felt about his ways, she sees him break down live on TV, he's doing this press conference, and he starts to go into Two-Face mode, and he says, oh, these vigilantes are damned heroes, and he starts like screaming, and he rips off Can his it- bandages... Can we talk about the fantastic lettering change here? Uh, oh, sure, yeah. I don't talk about lettering that much, but the, the clear shift to this completely different font for for Two Face versus Harvey. It's also got this uh, uh, really scraggly effect around the edge of the bubble. It does. It's great, and there's a lot of uh, extra. You know, instead of just having the you know slightly bold words, uh, you know, uh, for emphasis that you might get uh, normally, even even as uh, Harvey, 
uh, is Two-Faced, they start off like that and they get bigger and bigger as they go on as he gets more animated. They kind of break out of the bubbles entirely and they, they kind of they're not even in straight lines by the end of, of these kind of outbursts. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. And the art really emphasizes like how this relates to Harley's story because you sort of see a panel where it's like it's like he's talking directly to Harley. It's like a sort of profile shot and you can yeah. see the Joker's face behind Two-Face as if yeah, that's kind of and it's not Joker's influence per se, but it's what Joker was talking about. Like here it is, here's the evil side coming out. Um we all have it. So no, really good. Um so yeah, she she's again she's still obsessed. She keeps thinking about him. And I think that was the best thing I think this issue does, is that it really plays this idea. It really comes across that he's slowly getting under her skin in a way that she just can't get him out of her head and it's not like killer smile where it's like this uh you know crazy sort of blackouts and like you know fears no this is slower and more methodical Uh, this will mention how i really appreciate this is one issue here uh and because you know i talk about this is you know three issues worth of content and they could have gone well we'll just split into three issues and get you know triple the money right um but it is triple they're charging like you know Oh, they're charging eight for it. So, yeah. I mean, they'd probably charge... All right, they'd get an extra issue's worth out yeah. of it, I suppose. Um, but it's it's very clearly thematically all one thing. It builds... It has such a, a methodical pace to it that it does read... You know, it, it does read as one standalone issue uh, as part of this larger story. No, it does, it does. Um, you know, so... Um, she has this idea. She, she's got something she wants to ask him here get this final scene of the yeah, book because she realizes that no one else actually asked him this question yeah it's basically do you have any guilt or feel remorse about anyone you've killed and he gets surprisingly always says yeah well at first maybe i did a little bit but <laughs> like one, one of the first things you learn in gotham is to kill the empathy yes and i love that moment because as soon as he says the word empathy it's the end of a page and it's bolded of course right yeah like she's like wait what um and the look of shock on her face basically and this is the great thing. We know he read like a file on her, right? Maybe her thesis. Uh... Maybe her thesis. He yeah. he is basically using the word that will make her think that like she's, she's getting like... something something from somewhere. Like it, he's going to prove her idea, and this is going to make them connect. This is manipulation. This is and what's beautiful about this is up until this point. You could argue that Joker, he's, yeah, he's crazy, but he's not necessarily a manipulator yet. Like, he is, maybe he does genuinely feel something. Maybe there is more to just... And gen- then you see this, and you're like, oh, he's playing it. And this is the moment where you're like, no, no, there's, there's manipulation going on here. It's not just, you know, whatever it seemed like before. But, you know, I love her reaction to this. This like this is the first breadcrumb of like, hey, I might be right. And she it's, sits bolt upright and immediately. And it's that, it's that thrill, that, that rush of like, this might prove I'm right. And it leans yeah. her in, and I love the uh, the the page after well, where she's dressed as Red Riding Hood, and there's like a big bad wolf behind her, yeah. uh, and it's like it just says, uh, "My my grandma, what fascinating mental issues you have!" <laughs> like I, I love the, you know, she she's debating like the the the, the appeal of him here, like the idea she, that she's so aware that uh, in hindsight she's so aware of what happened. Yeah, because this is a Harley in present day who's narrating this, obviously. Yeah. So it's uh, she she's aware of like him luring her into the trap, like. Yeah. and this is this is great great stuff um, but he wants to ask, ask her a question um, and it, it kind of flips the image again where now she's in the change in the straight jacket and he's wearing like a lab coat and, and whatever Yeah. Um, how often do you watch me sleep and it's like wait he knows he, know, he knows that I've been he's like, oh only one time and I know it's the scars and uh, and he's like oh that's, that's nothing whatever um, 
But and then know, she talks about how, how she she's she's so caught up, so excited now, and caught off guard by these comments that she just gets blunt. She stops being subtle like she's supposed to be, like she knows she should be. She just gets hmm. blunt and and kind of just goes for it, and uh, doesn't yeah. go so well for. And her. he basically again he keeps playing her by saying that he he's let her in more, he's opening up more, perhaps just because you know. Um, because he wanted her to smile, and he felt like he wanted to let her in. And again, it feels like manipulating manip- manipulation here. It feels like he he's really drawing her in. Um, and then it gets to the end of this sequence where he's like, and he he kind of goes, "Hey, I'm doing. The, I'm I am actively manipulating you. you. You're just like the others. You just want to write a, a book or a, an article or maybe a thesis. You're just like the others." And that's when you know she, she screams, "No, no, it's not like that." And she stands up and she's yelling, you know, and, and he's got, you know, she's completely got now at this point. Yeah, because she, she, he's forcing her to prove her honesty. Because he, he said yeah. that, like, because that's what he was saying at first is that he liked her honesty. It was all but the honest smile. And now he's accusing her of not being honest. And at this point now, she cares enough about him. He's in, in her head enough that she feels the need, the absolute, like, like not, not just desire, but the absolute necessity to prove to him, she has to prove to him that this is genuine. So she takes the, the yeah. turns off the security camera, uh, walks over, and she starts taking off his straight jacket. And he he gets up, uh, he he walks over, um, and she's she's even looking at him. She's 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 looking against the wall, um, and it's you know, and she admits she cares about him, and yeah. it scares her that she, she cares about him. And the final page is him holding her, and she's smiling. And she's like, "Call me Harley," and he's like, "Harley, Harley Quinn." Huh, I like that. And there you go. That's and the, the last end thing of she story. talks about. She had a dream of of a long winding road of bats and of a giant beast, which I believe was the opening of the first issue. It was, yeah. Um. So now it ends with her smiling, and I, you know, as soon as he brought up the smile and wanted to see her smile, you know, a third halfway through, I was like, "Well, that's how this issue has to end. It has to end yeah. with her smiling for the first time with him." Um. So I am fascinated by how the third issue is going to play out. Um, will it end with her first kill? Will it end with her? I don't know. Like putting on the costume. You know, like yeah, I have no idea how far this is taking it. Um, we might get a little bit from the end of the the narrating Harley, uh, wherever that is. She seems sure. like she's in a post Joker uh, place now. At that point of the way she's narrating this, she's aware of the manipulation. Uh, so we might get a little, like an epilogue with that. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah, no, I could see that. Uh, but this was fantastic again. It, I think even talking about it, I like it. I think this was the first issue, actually. I think the first issue got better after I talked about it. Yeah. And I think this issue does the same thing. Uh, the, the thematic stuff with Two-Face is really good. I feel like we'll see Two-Face again next issue and it'll tie in again. Uh, but it's been really nice, nicely kind of there. It, you know, it's, it's, nice, it's not a bit of Bat mythology that ties it into the timeline but also it is uh, i mean i can say without with pretty much confidence now that this is now going to be the definitive harley quinn origin that at least i always think of you know yeah. in, in the is okay you know sure that you can think of a stripped down version whenever they reference it but when i'm thinking of okay the full story it's going to be this yeah so that is uh that's harleen um it's fantastic and obviously art is drop dead gorgeous from start to finish we mentioned a couple of panels across the way but we we almost don't even mention it's, it anymore it's so expressive utterly flawless it's so expressive the coloring's so on point it has a really distinct consistent look to it 
Um, and I am so down for more black label books by uh, by Cedric. Whatever he wants to do, do it. Yeah, we know he wants to write and draw. And after this, let him write whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> Go for it. Yes. Uh, so what are you giving it? Uh, nine point five. That's fair. I issue one. I think you and Matt gave it a ten, and I gave it an eight point yeah. five. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 9.5 again. I'm going to be consistent with my first. Uh, for me, I think. It I, was... I think this is just slightly less focused with the because the two faced stuff, while all very good and thematically all ties in, it's just slightly more away from Harley than we ever got in the first issue. So it feels just for a couple of pages at one point, like, okay, we're going down this route. And it obviously it all comes back around, and I understand it all. Um, but I'm just knocking off a half point for that alone. But Matt. Still love it. Matt gave it an 8.5. Uh, not as exciting as the first issue, but fantastic nonetheless. I'm a sucker for a Two-Face origin. Those pages were awesome, as was all the stuff with the Arkham inmates. The story descends into more tragedy and is making me feel things. And Matt doesn't like feeling things. Uh, as, he really as does. Uh, but that is the last book, which takes us on to the part of the show where we pick our, our favourite stuff, favourite art, uh, the week, favourite panel, favourite um uh, cover and obviously top five books and a rare occasion on a week five where there's actually f- at least five books to uh to, to sort into an order so that is pretty cool uh so we'll start with panel slash moment what do you oh i do matt's first i'll do yeah, up to you uh so matt's panel of the week hard to pick between the two-faced reveal in harleen and the batman mma panel in the annual but i think i'll have to go with batman he really liked that page but on you go yeah Oh, you go. Uh, what you ping? Uh, I'm going with F U Batman. <laughs> uh, make yourself out, I suppose. I, I, I Joe, you know that that pound it made me smile, and I, I it was like a yeah, it was like F yeah, fist pump moment. I'm like, I'm in for it. Mm. Um, this is tough. I there's a few things in Killer Smell that I could pick. Mm. Part of me wants to pick a dark multiverse when Lex gets melted. Yeah, you could have the the any of the Batman pages in in Harley. Yeah, a basket full of heads. Um, I don't know if it has a panel per se. I don't think it has a standout panel. Yeah. Um, it's just a, an ever present storytelling thing that. Um, but I'm going to go with Harley in the mirror. I'm going to go with her realizing she likes being complimented and thinking she's mm. thinking that the Joker That's thinks a she's beautiful. Great moment. So I'm going to go with uh, that. I appreciate how how downbeat that moment is. You know, it, to choose it's not a big bombastic thing. It is just uh, mm. a little character reaction, and the way it plays is great. The book's full of that though, which is I think why it's so good. Uh, so, mm. uh, so that's a panel slash moment. Uh, then best cover of the week, Matt has picked the basket full of heads variant. Yeah, I just looked at that myself. Oh, Middleton. Oh my god. Uh, Joe, what's funny is I am also going with Basket Full of Heads, but I am not going with the variant. I'm going with the regular cover. I think it's better. No, I'm going variant. Um, there's some some other good covers this week. Uh, either of the Harley. Let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest though. Matt just picked that because of the axe. So it's because it's focused on the axe, and that's what he likes. I get that, but I uh, I actually really like the composition of it. I think Middleton does it. That the face under the hood. I I think that's a great image. Um, no, so, I, I love the regular cover. I think the the raincoat and the rain. Uh, the, the sort of the dark shadows you can't see the face like uh, all of it just works for me it's uh mm-hmm. it's, it's the right mood it's the right yeah. mood but i mean 
Harleen covers are both good. Both the 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 Joker Killer Smiles covers are, are great. I'm just looking at the variants of some of these. I didn't see the variant for Harleen. Uh, it's an, it's just another Sajic cover. <laughs> I can see. I'm looking. So you know, what's not to like? Mm. No, I'll do. Um, so an art of the week. Uh, I mean, Matt picks Harleen. Uh, <laughs> I, I I suspect we might all. Here's the thing, though. Any other week, any other week, Sorrentino, or, or even uh, Basketful of Heads, uh, let me just check who the arts was in that again, uh, Leo Max, any other week... Honestly? Go on. Those could have been fighting for it. They they really could have been. I, I think it's a great week for art between Sejic, uh, Sorrentino, uh, Fauna's work on uh, on the, the Batman annual, uh, Leo Max and Basketful of Brad Heads. Walker. Uh, Walker on uh, Dark Multiverse. You know what, you're right. Deceased is the uh, the ugly duckling, and I like the art in Deceased, but it is not as good. I mean, I would probably personally put Deceased on par with the uh, Dark Multiverse for me. Um, but man, great week for art. Mm. Yeah, very good week for art. Uh, that's the thing, though. I think any other week, because I, I looked at that. You know, I read Killer Smell before Harleen, and I, I actually thought of this a few pages in. I went, you know what? It's a shame that this is the same week as Harleen because. If this was last week or next week, it'd probably win for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know what's out next it's phenomenal, week, but I'm willing to but, agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe something else is out next week that'll blow me away, but, like, you know, it, that would normally be a winner, but, yeah, Harleen, the Sajic. Yeah. Just phenomenal. So, that takes on to top five books of the week. So, here's Matt's top five. Number one's Harleen. Uh, number two is Basketful of Heads. Number three is Deceased. Number four is Batman Annual. And number five is The Outsiders Annual. So... There you go, that's Matt's. Connor? Uh, Harleen, Deceased, uh, Killer Smile, Basket Full of Heads, and uh, then Dark Multiverse. Hmm. Um, I am going to go with Harleen at number one. Number two is Basket Full of Heads. Number three is Killer Smile. Number four is... Dark Multiverse? No, no, Deceased. Sorry, I've not said Deceased yet. Deceased. Deceased is number four. And then number five is Dark Multiverse. I feel like I've missed something. I read seven books, right? You oh, read no. Batman and the Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I think Outsiders is definitely at the bottom of the list. And Batman Annual would probably be number six. But, um, no, good week. Can't, can't fault it. Uh, you know what? Week fives don't tend to be this good, so I'm, I'm not going to complain. Like one of the most consistent weeks we've had in a long time. So, uh, I mean, did we have a book between us two? I don't think we had a book below an eight. No, no, I. Oh, you're Batman Outsiders. No, it was six point five. I, I actually forgot a Batman annual that we gave lower than that, weirdly. But and all yeah, of our top fives are all in the eights. Yes, it's all of our top fives are at least an eight out of ten. Yeah. Um. So no, pretty good. So I'll tell you what is coming in next this weakest. <clears throat> if I can clear my throat and click next on this stupid page. Um, so next week, which is the first, you know, first Wednesday in November, we have Batman eighty two. Uh, oh, Bat- do you know what? I'm just gonna just on that. Oh. I clicked on it because I panicked because I saw the cover because the cover was uh, Finch, and I clicked on it. Worried, and then I saw it's Janin. So we're we're back to some some nice art for it. 
Yeah, so Batman 82, uh, Batman Universe, that's the fifth of the uh, the reprints the Walmart stuff's out. Uh, we have... There's a lot of fluff here that we don't usually talk about. Um, Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, issue 5 is out. Dreaming uh, 15 is out. 49 as well. Oh, Deathstroke 49. Um, we have Genlock, issue 1. Is that another Rooster Teeth thing? It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have Green Lantern, Black Stars, issue 1. That's the three-issue mini, kind of the, the, the interlude before the next... Se- season 1.5. <laughs> Uh, Harley Quinn 67 is out. Uh, Inferior 5 issue 3. We get Infected King Shazam issue 1. So that's the first one shot for the, the, uh, the tie-ins to the Secret 6 stuff. Uh, we got Justice League 35. Legion of Superheroes number 1. Lois Lane number 5. Uh, we got Superman Up in the Sky number 5. That's the one of the Walmart reprints. Uh, we have uh, Wonder Twins issue 9. And we have Young Justice number 10. So that is the uh, the books coming out next week. Uh, I actually looked ahead. I, I mapped out all my books for the month of November. Uh, that first week is actually my quieter week. So I, I have a Patreon pick to do for the month. So I'll probably be doing that next week. I have two to get done next month. Um, again, uh, one would have been done this week, but just, yeah, too many books uh, with without having a, the last two weeks. Yeah, um, so Red Hood Annual you're doing next, I believe. So it, Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was definitely not getting in another annual on top of all of these books today. Slacker. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, come back to me when you've got to read 20 books in two days for this. Suckity, slack, slack, slack. I, uh, I just want to point out, we are recording this four or five hours later than usual because you couldn't read Harleen quick enough. So don't give me shit. I'll be honest, I was expecting you to be late, so I was, I was being kind of lackadaisical i believe is the term mm-hmm. uh and my reading today <laughs> yeah. and then and then where was i bang on time <laughs> well you set me up you, you said bear with me tomorrow i've got a lot of books to read so i i came in thinking I, it would be at least yeah, an hour thought, later than normal <laughs> i thought i would be and then kind of got through them <laughs> it's your fault yeah. you set up expectations um mm, sorry so that is uh what's coming next week this has been episode 179 uh of of comments from the multiverse hopefully you've enjoyed it matt will be back next week and we will be diving into books as we always do and having random chit chat at the start as we always do and everything else so join us join us next week for more stuff uh so obviously you can support everything we do by rating the podcast on on your apple podcast uh, give us five stars helps us out a lot more people find us that way uh, you can also support us financially by going to patreon.com slash tv and supporting us for as little as one dollar per month so you can do that uh, you can of course get us on twitter at dc comics podcast for updates and stuff and uh, thanks to uh, there's a few people who uh tweet us news uh, on on the twitter account so uh, that's always very handy actually sometimes we'll see stuff that we don't otherwise get to uh, and talk about it on the show so uh, thank you for that you can of course like and subscribe and comment below on youtube if you're on there uh, ding the bell make sure you get notifications uh, check out other stuff we've got i mentioned uh, television from the multiverse earlier me and connor do that we review the cw shows every week uh, we also have other content of course we review tv shows and movies uh, there's a horror movie podcast called screams after midnight a sci-fi movie podcast called the atomic cinema experiment and we also do a bunch of tv stuff uh, via almost cancelled so uh, you can find uh, links to all the audio feeds on the patreon page or you can find everything uh, in video form on youtube of course mailfuzz tv so uh, that is us in fact something we've not done in a while uh, is uh there's a there's a store uh, there's a, both a us and a uk spreadshirt store there's links in the description so if you want a comics from the multiverse t-shirt or hoodie or hat uh 
for these winter months, get bundled up and your comics merch. Do we, do we have a woolly hat? I know we have like, you know, caps. Is there a woolly hat? I don't I don't know if there's a woolly hat. There may be like a mm. like a like a little bonnie kind of thing, but not like a proper That's disappointing. Not a winter hat. But hey, hoodies are good for the winter, that's all I'm saying. So They are, yeah. Get get yourself a nice comics for the multiverse uh, hoodie and wear it at conventions and when people say, What's that? Make it make the sales pitch. <laughs> Make the sales we're, coming up, we're coming up to conventions. Uh, wear it at the comic store. <laughs> the best place for it. Go buy your comics and wear it and just stand there uh, and sort of... Sh- chill for us is what we chill. basically want. Yes, and just uh, just, just arch, arch your chest out a little bit and just be like, oh, look at that, look at that, look at yeah. that. Um, admittedly, uh, our lady listeners will probably be, have much more success at this, but the men should do it too. Um, yeah. don't, don't, don't slacking on the, the arch in the chest out to, to show off the logo it's it's a, a key important part of this, this plan that we have <laughs> yes yes uh, so yes uh, that has been episode 179 thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it uh, keep reading DC Comics guys but remember to never get lost in the Speed Force